Welcome to the podcast, Eye for Talent, the show where we've got an eye for talent. I'm your host, Dylan, aka DJ Serial Sauce. I'm a YouTube content creator, Twitch streamer, producer, almost voice actor, question mark, um, like almost free. There's a lot of things that I'm like almost doing, but I haven't committed yet. This is this is not about me. Uh, joining me is uh, Spooky Shine, aka Spooky, or Spook, or like Spookster, like Sponky. Uh, I've given him a bunch of weird ass names because I don't know how to converse with people on an appropriate level. Um, he probably has a million other names that other people have called him that are relatively similar. Um, he's a, also a Twitch streamer. He's an artist. Uh, he's a member of the Something Stupid community. Hopefully you're seeing a pattern here. Um, but on top of that, he's just a big fan of like, you know, life balance, uh, online networking, mental health, uh, and just generally trying a bunch of new things all the time. So um, good day, yeah. sir. Good morning. <laughs> Hi. Uh, actually, another good one in there that you won't often hear people call me is Ebon. Because, well, you you wouldn't know because I don't think you've ever really heard it, but you'll hear a lot of people call me Evan because that's my actual name. And a long time ago when I started streaming, people used to call me Ebon, and I don't know where it came from. I think it came from my buddy Lucas or Mrit, as we know him as. So it just stuck (laughs) for the longest time. So I've gotten used to it, man. Fair That's, enough. There's, there's yeah. a lot of names. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot of friends who like uh, they have their name and then they have their name that we call them by. So like I, my friend Peter, I'm, like I I can't get this out of my head. But whenever I refer to him, I just refer to him as Peter, but in a pirate accent. So I'm just like Peter. And Peter. that's just Peter. <laughs> uh, my friend Dakota, for some reason, whenever he joins a call, actually Peter will call him Deschmoder for some reason. Um, my friend's younger brother's name is Craig, and we call him Krung. Krung? Oh, the Krung. Good problems, man. Good problems. <laughs> You'll hear that with me with Nick too. I think we all got we all have good names for our friends online. Nick, I've known at IRL for a long time, but uh, I, you'll hear me call him my son all the time because there's a significant <laughs> age gap between him and I. So we, we used to work together. I used to call him my son all the time. I used to call him Nicolas, <laughs> Nicolas all the time. He loved That's it. funny. Are there some I, I, I definitely do not have um, an appropriate enough relationship with my coworkers for them to call me that because the closest age gap between me and my next coworker is like, we think, so it's, it's a two year age gap. I'm 22 and this person's 24. And then it's, uh, I'm 22 and my other coworker's 27. And then like the next highest is like 30. And then the next highest is 42. And he has kids who are my age. And I'm like, I'm like, if you call me my son, I'm filing an HR report. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's no different than us here. Because how, like, you don't know how old I am, do you? No. You weren't there for the birthday stream. Shame on you. Uh, There's a lot of things that I'm not here for anymore, (laughs) man. I'm I'm trying not to be the absent absent son. And what? That doesn't make sense. Mm, It's listen when when you get into streaming and you do stuff like this too, right? Like, uh, it's not that. You, you prioritize your time and where you can, right? So, like, that's the most <laughs> difficult thing, especially when it comes with, like, the online stuff. You want to be everywhere, and that's no different than me. I want to be everywhere all the time. You just can't, right? But you show your love where you can kind of thing, right? Yeah. I'm just razzing you anyways, but... No, I, I turned 30 this year, too. But, like, oh. I think most most people, yeah, like, I, I, it's maybe the way between the way that I act um, or... I don't know, ADHD, who knows, whatever it is. I, I live very young. Like I only say you're only as old as you feel. And I've been 17 since I've turned 17. So it's, it's, it hasn't really changed much for me. So. Yeah, that makes sense. If I had to guess, I would have assumed like probably like, like a late twenties, but like teetering towards the middle of 20, like 27 yeah. or something. But, um, I, speaking of ADHD, I was talking to a coworker who I don't even know how old he is. Um, but he was talking to me about something and then 
I like made a joke about how there's like a generational difference between him, me and him. If I had to guess, like that was what I said in the conversation. I was mm. like, from one generation to another, you probably have ADHD. If you're anything like my generation, and he's like, how old are you? And this was like, you know, six months ago. And I was like, I'm 20. And he was like, what? <laughs> like, how old did you think I was? And then he didn't answer the question. And that was when I realized that I'm in a weird position at my job because I am the youngest person to work in the executive office. <laughs> dude, that's, that's office work though, too. Like I, I, I had that opposite form of it, dude. Cause like working in restaurants for so long, I, you get like so many young kids that start in restaurants. It's just like the way that it goes, right? Not maybe back a house as much, but same thing, except for the fact that it was like, I was the oldest one there. And it's like when people like, they almost see you as like, well, you need to teach me. And it's like, listen, just because I'm older than you doesn't mean I know any more than you do about this job <laughs> in some cases. So it's funny how that happens with it, you know, but yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what I think is also the funniest thing about being the youngest. So the, the funniest thing is that I'm the youngest person in the building and I'm the youngest like account manager that we have, but I'm the person who's been an account manager for the longest. So I have to teach everybody everything. <laughs> How long have you been doing account management for? Uh, I've only been doing it for a year, but I've been at that job for two years and two years and, and like two months almost. But the, okay. the problem is, is that when I joined, we had a, a team of account managers of uh, four people. Four people, yeah. Three regular account managers and then a senior account manager. Uh, one of them left shortly after I joined because I don't know why. Um, and then um, probably, I mean, she had left at some point within the first six months of me being there. And then I was there for a full year. And about a week before they promoted me to be, being a junior account manager, they were like, yeah, so the senior account manager got fired. And I, I, I didn't bother to ask why because I was like, I don't care. Not my business. <laughs> Um, and then after I slowly, after I became a junior account manager, then they hired a new person to take over for the fact that our first account manager had left. Um, and about, you know, three or four months into him being the account man, or sorry, within the first month of him being there or like right before he left, our other account manager left, leaving just this one guy to train me and a new guy. The new guy comes in and within about three months of him being there, then our final last account manager leaves and it's just me <laughs> trying to so teach him something new. And then, God. you know, and then somebody who had been an account manager at a different company for 15 years joins and I have to teach them everything as well. Mm. And then somebody who was working with them in like a similar field started probably a few months after they joined. They joined in like February. See, like, it's, I'm it's like weird. You yeah, were like, like close to like my job with that. I was like, are you sure we don't work in the same place? Like that, that's <laughs> what happened to me when I started. Ironically, I think I'm about the same spot with you there too. Cause I think yeah. I've been at my current place for the last two. Yeah. It's been two years and a couple months now too. Cause I would have started in yeah May. I think it was so except for the differences now is that we lost one person and we haven't been able to hire anybody else since, but I didn't get trained. I just got thrown into the fire, but so that's where <laughs> we connect. We both just happen to live our boring nine to five office jobs at this point point <laughs> yeah uh and oh. you know there's a bunch of interesting things that have happened as a result of that um but the only relevant thing that anybody else in here needs to know is that every tiktok that i post spooky always says something on them and also the first few that he saw he was like you work in an office building and i was like what are you talking about and he's like i see the windows and i'm like what windows he's like these are the same windows as every other office building i'm like all right yeah listen, i'm a good observer man i know like i'm um <laughs> It's it's visuals for me. Visuals, I can pull out a lot of stuff just from looking at it. And that for me is like, that's why it's like when I saw it, I'm like, dude, that's like every new brand new fancy office building that a company's like, oh, we got to buy the new stuff. It looks great. The inside's gorgeous. But I was like, those windows, those mirror style windows, they're iconic <laughs> at this point. Like. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think the building's only like three years old. I think it was made in 2020, and they moved in in you know probably 2020. So yeah, yeah. yeah good Sounds for them, right? Yeah, after COVID out. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But um, yeah. This this isn't about that. This isn't well. I, I guess tangentially it'll it'll come up at some point because I have a question in here about work specifically. But uh, nice. uh, I didn't make it obvious enough at the top of the episode. This is kind of just like a, as I've wrote down in my notes here. Um, in quotes, honestly, this will likely just be a fucking riff off. LOL. Um, sounds right. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's where the best moments sometimes come up. Right. So yeah, it's, you know, that's my favorite thing. I love, I love like, a, it's like, here's my prescribed thing of how I'm going to do things. And then in the middle, I hear somebody say something and I'm like, hold on, wait, I have another question for this that deviates from the path. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just fun. It works. But, it works. It's, it's conversation, right? It looks, feels less like, uh, Feels less like work. I like those kind of conversations, man. They they they're just yeah. so much nicer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and those conversations also tend to like help people open up because like a lot of people they're like anxious to come on a podcast because of like the whole stereotype, which I've made jokes about a couple times already. <laughs> um, but it's like people come on here and it's like I just want to have a good time, man. Like I reached out to you because I think it would just be an entertaining podcast to be on. I get to learn some stuff. You get to learn some stuff. People get to learn some stuff. We just get to have some fun. Yeah, well, it's like interviews. Uh, actually, wait, that's a good word to start because I can tell you about the time that I had something like that happen to me too, which was like years and years ago. Uh, actually, it would have been Pride here in Toronto. And yeah. at the time that I was there, there was I, – and I to this day, actually, I've tried to find the video to see if I'm in it because like I, it, I have a weird thing with – it's not necessarily being put on the spot. But um, it, it is at the same time um, in a short form to not – go too far off from my storytelling with this uh it was like the same time and the only time that I've ever been summoned to court i have this thing about that type of position being a potential juror and like standing in that room with the judge there and knowing the kind of power they have and stuff like that it almost gave me like a nervous twitch and i don't know why because it was like i have no reason to be nervous there was like 300 other people that could get picked here and i haven't even been picked yet and i'm already like sitting here like shaking in my boots like trying to figure out what's going on right but when we were at uh, uh, the Pride there uh, at the time, or I could say an ex-girlfriend at the time that I was with, I got pulled aside because there was these guys just doing interviews. They were just doing random people off the street kind of thing. And it was being videotaped, right? And, um, you know, we went through, we had the conversation, we did the interview. I was like a little nervous about it. And then at the end, you know how people have like their call sign kind of thing. And he just wanted me to say specific words to it. And I just couldn't say it every time I would do it. I would screw it up. And he did like four takes. And then eventually he was just like, all right, we need to get a couple more people in here. We're going to say it all together. And I still screwed it up on the last take. And I was like, dude, why am I so nervous about this? It makes no sense. But no, I think like now it's like, uh, I've been fr- like when you sit in front of a camera all day at this point and you know that people are watching you, that kind of thing. Um, it's like it's not really there for me anymore it almost be- became like second nature uh like to me now because like i've been streaming for so long that i think when i first started it was like a little nervous for people can see me all the time i'm always worried like does my hair look good this this, and that now it's just like i'm wearing pjs right now i don't have socks on like i'm, I'm just chill with it kind of thing and it's just, you get used to that that feeling i guess more or less and it, you it helps you kind of open up to things like this right it's like i talk with so many people all the time you know how big the the discord is for the most part <laughs> i don't mind popping in and chatting with some new people seeing what they're about doing their kind of thing i'm not always in there but when i am i try and at least you know promote that kind of uh networking you know make them feel comfortable make them feel like they don't need to be nervous to be here we're, we're all people at the end of the day right so exactly we're all trying our best and that makes sense but uh <clears throat> yeah I, I suppose to 
the, the only question that I, I warned you before this, I was like, I have five questions so far because again, this is a riff and and one of them has nothing to do with the topic at hand. But um, you, you seem to kind of be the only person who has just openly admitted their like quote unquote obsession with just following this podcast week after week. So I'm kind of just, <laughs> you know, like why, like what for, like, it, like what for and what made you think like, yeah, I'll come on here. This sounds dope. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's it's a good question. Uh, you, if you want my honest opinion about it too, is that um, like I said, coming actually quickly back to that, I, I'm an observer at heart. So for me, um, when I find little things that I like, and it can just be anything, it can literally be the most randomest thing. I think it was when I stumbled upon Babs' uh, podcast was the first one that I kind of like when I started listening to. Um, and there was something about it, like uh, listening to you talk, uh, then your TikToks just started coming up on like my, my TikTok page, like for you page, like literally like every other one was like, it was there. Right. So it was like, you know, I'm, I'm not like superstitious and I'm not really like, I'm not a religious person. I, I always tell people I'm like spiritual more than I am anything, but like, there's just signs in life that sometimes it's just like, it comes up and that was it for me. Right. Like I, and when I started listening to it, like I said, I could, for me, like pe- passionate people are the people that I like to chat with because you know, it's not only a good conversation and I can hear the passion in your voice. You know, like you said, you do your research with things, um, the way that you chat with people, that kind of thing. Like I'm very sociable in that sense. And that kind of stuff uh, fascinates me in its own way, seeing passionate people, because I like to bring passionate people into my own life. I'm very passionate about a lot of the stuff that I do. Right. <laughs> uh, so it just I, like good energy, bring good energy kind of thing. Right. So that was part of the thing was, is I just kept seeing it. And then I actually started listening to the podcast and I'll be honest with you. I've been kind of slacking over the last little bit. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was like, and then it kept coming up. And like, obviously now that I've been liking a lot of your TikToks and I've been like, you know, watching them all come along, I was like, well, now I got to show them support. Right. And that's another thing that, that comes with it, man. Like when you're passionate about something that was early, like when, especially when you start doing things too, I like to support people for that because definitely, you don't want to you want people to encourage them with that kind of thing and that's been been my thing i like to kind of subconsciously encourage and especially if i enjoy it because i want to hear more about it right so that that would be my obsession that's definitely where it is so yeah fair enough that makes sense um i it is interesting now how like the how many people have i asked i think i think you are the second person who i've asked about this question and both of them have also been like part part of the answer to that question from you and the last person that I asked the question to was like, you you speak in a way that also just like shows that you are interested in the conversation. You're informed on what you're talking about, but you're also open enough um, to just kind of let people like you're open enough to let people talk and kind of to help people open up to talk about things that they I guess maybe not necessarily think that they're going to talk about, not because it's like barred knowledge or anything, but just cause it's like, when, it, you know, when is the, what's a good example? When is the line on somebody's butt cheek ever going to become a relevant talking point in conversation? <laughs> and, 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 and then it just happens. You know? Exactly. That's where it is, man. It's the very much, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like what the good term, there's always all these phrases. And I feel like I know them. And then I always just like my brain, I go brain dead. You know what I mean? But it's, it's <laughs> yeah. that literally it's like the flying off the seat of your plants. Just like go with the flow, let it happen and see where it takes you. And it brings some good moments with it. And I, like I said, I'm a, such a people person. I like to know like 
you know, were those crazy stories coming in or like, what's something that can like peak someone's memory to bring up something that like is so out of pocket that it just falls on to a whole conversation and it makes it even better. Cause then it's like, if I got a story to relate to that, right. It's like hell, I could ramble on for hours when it comes to that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. There's a reasons why I don't drink as much as I used to. And you can ask the wife about that kind of stuff too. Cause it's like, once I start talking, man, I don't stop, especially if I've been <laughs> drinking too. Like I become so lovey with people too. It's like, I love you, man, this and that. But it's like, no, it's, it's, it's that conversation that kind of comes up with it. That it's like, yeah, it, it interests me. I, I think it is that, that extrovert side of me, right? You know, if I actually left the house and had the money to go to parties and do stuff, I would probably be doing it there. But instead, uh, you know, the, the internet especially has been more my place and, you know, meeting people online has just felt more like my people. Right. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I don't, I also, I don't go to parties. I think, I think the last time that I went to a party was when I was probably 18 or 19 going to a party that I had absolutely no business going to. Cause I knew a whole one or two people there. And one of the guys that I knew there, I only knew him because me and him worked at a Chinese restaurant together and then had gym together is senior year of high school. Right. 12th grade. Um, so I don't know why I did all of that, but it made me realize that like, uh, especially if I'm in like an external if I'm in an extroverted situation with people that I don't know, it's going to take a lot to try and get me to talk just because I'm like, I recognize that I'm kind of more, I'm like over here. You feel and, out of place almost. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And not in a way where it's like, I don't feel like I belong here, but it's just like, I need to read the room and figure out like, what can I properly, what can I talk about that can keep people interested? Cause I'm like a, I, I like doing extroverted things, but a lot of the interest in things that I do are introverted in nature. So if I go to a party like that, I'm like, I know that these people aren't necessarily going to be on the same wavelength. And then I wait for one key phrase to happen. And then I just fly off the handle and just go, oh, yeah, <laughs> just so, rocket ship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've had those processes too, where it's, I can think of parties that I've gone to where it's just, I felt out of place, tried to talk about people, you know, the typical, it comes down to like, you have to take your gamble on somebody. And then other times it's like, how's the weather? How's this sports team? It just sucks. Right. But then other times yeah. you hear somebody rambling on about like, you know, magic, the gathering. And it's like, I'm there like in seconds like, ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes Ugh. sense. That's yeah. That's a, uh, that's the other problem that I have. Like my, the, the clients that I work with, I, I have at absolute max two two video calls a week because they changed the scheduling, but it used to be three like video calls a week with these different clients and whatever. And the only thing I can ever seem to bring up with one of these in particular is the weather because he lives in Arizona and I live in Utah. And so in like March or April, every time I'd call him like this is, so this is what happened. So I called him one week and, I, and I'm like, you know, Hey man, how's it going? He's like, good. How about yourself? And I was like, good. Um, it's hailing right now. And he's like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's hailing right now. Not, not the greatest thing in the world, but you know, we'll live through it. And he's like, I, you know, that's, that's fair over here. It's like 70 degrees. It's starting to warm up and whatever, all this other stuff come next week. And I had the same thing. How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Yeah. It's snowing. <laughs> what? It's snowing. Yeah. It's snowing. All right. That's crazy. I mean, it, it's, it's still getting warmer. We're, we're, we're soon going to be climbing into that point where, where everybody in Arizona has to stay inside. Otherwise you just like die. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm. And then the following week after that, uh, Hey, how's it going? Not bad. How you? Um, it's hailing again. He's like, okay, are you serious? <laughs> it's like 90 degrees here in Arizona. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's, so it's just the weather here. Yeah. Oh, that's like explaining Canadian weather to people too. I get that a lot as well. Well, irony, um, <laughs> because I do have people from the office that I work in, it's mostly local, right? But we do get a lot of people who own, because like I moved from the city to basically, I wouldn't call it a backwater town, but it's, 
it's pretty small compared to what I'm used to. Right. (laughs) But we get a lot of people who buy like things like cottages and like houses and stuff. And then they, they're out in the States for six months and then they come here for six months in the summer. Right. So I hear some of the stories about weather and they're like, Oh yeah. Like we couldn't be here through like, you know, like winter one week and then like 30 degrees the next week. And it's like, well, like you just kind of get used to it living here at this point. Right. Like yeah, you just come prepared for anything. (laughs) Well, when I was talking to you earlier today, uh, context, we had a crazy thunderstorm that we knew was coming today. Dude, it, it was supposed to be like three hours long. And then by the time 4.30 hit, they were like, oh, like it's coming like now. And it literally was 20 seconds of like the hardest like flash flood rain and thunder like crazy. And that literally gone by the time I got home. Like it's <laughs> it's literally sunny again outside. And I was like, what is going on? Right. Like, oh. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. No, last time we, we lost uh we lost power last time. But thankfully it's it's only when the high winds that you have to worry about. And unfortunately when you live in a small town, yeah, any kind of potential disaster related stuff is never fun to deal with. Because when you live in the city, you never have to deal with any of that, right? Like if it happens, it's so rare, right? But Yeah. But yeah, I every every person that i talk to is always like you ain't never seen weather like this and like i'm guilty of that too and it's like i'm the weather is just a, a a hideous beast in and of itself it doesn't like it just it just happens as a good generic starter too right cuz everybody who doesn't know weather right if you ask one of these days, let me tell you, if you ever ask someone, how's the weather? They're like, what? What's a weather? It'll never happen, right? So Yeah, it, if I ask somebody how the weather is and they say, what's the weather? They are too young and I shouldn't be talking to them. Or, <laughs> yeah, that's probably or they're so not interesting that I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... But I've, I've seen those office workers. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, I'm good. I, I like a little bit more crazy than that. All right. If the <laughs> most exciting thing in your life is pepper on your food, then yeah, I need a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. So that, like, that's, that's how I think about things. Um, and like, funnily enough, I've gotten like almost everybody in my office to say howdy now, because that's how I greet people. When I first, like when I first started, I just used howdy because it's like the, it's the most kind of representative of who, of who I am. Like I, I'm not a big good morning person. Cause I'm like, I'm not polite enough for that. Uh, so I'll just be like, howdy. <laughs> I try my best, but like that. So like, that's how I am. But then on the other hand, so when I was in high school, like the most interesting thing that happened to me in, in a given day is my parents had gotten burgers from someplace and the t- burger that I had, the tomato that was on it was the butt of a tomato. And I, and I went to school the next day and I was like, there wasn't really anything going on, but I was like, that was kind of silly. I've never seen that before. And so I, I, I turn over to the lady next to me before class starts and I'm like, I'm like, hey, I had a burger last night and the, the tomato that was on there was the butt of the tomato. And she just deadpan stares at me and goes, your life's really not that interesting, isn't it? Oh, I, was no. like, I was like, I give up. I hate it here. I'm leaving. This sucks. Uh, it does be like that sometimes though, right? Like uh, sometimes good curveballs come around, sometimes bad curveballs. But, you know, a little bit of normality goes a long way, I think, in some cases. You know, yeah. it's, it's a balance. Balance is huge for that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, we probably should actually get into the like meat of what's going on here. There was a segue <laughs> I was going to do earlier, and then like something else more interesting came up, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that." Um, I have a feeling we're going to happen that a few times here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll and, see. and that's you know, I don't think people care a whole lot about like the specific questions per se, so long as they get an answer that coincides with whatever I put in the title. <laughs> you know. Fair. You didn't even tell so. me what the title was going to be, so I guess like we're we'll just figuring it out as we go. <laughs> yeah, that's usually. I mean, it's 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 as simple as take the person's name in a way that is short enough that people know who I'm talking about, but not so short that it's generic, 
and then mm. talking and then whatever the talking point was art content creation uh music making band mental health it's probably just gonna be mental health because what else am i gonna say no oh, fair fair mental well, health and working know. in an office space <laughs> yeah really god that's yeah, we are white bread aren't we <laughs> spotify's like that's too long of a title i'm like all right jesus i'm sorry <laughs> But no, Uh, Um, I recognize that some of the questions that I have on here sound stupid as hell, because even though I know what I'm trying to ask, I recognize that on the surface, it sounds like a dumb question. What was your like first exposure to like mental health being like a heavily talked about subject? Oh, uh, like in my own life or just in a general sense kind of thing? I mean, well, just like your first exposure to it being like a like a your first exposure to it being a way that is more like a more tangible, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, like, I guess when I kind of became more important, I guess in my, my own set, it's yeah. Either, either no. like, I guess either when it became important to you or when you were able to recognize that it became very important to somebody else. And there's a story that I can explain later in a question after that, that can hopefully give more context yeah. if it's confusing later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. It's, um, it's funny. It kind of, that comes down to that. Cause like I could kind of give like a brief pass to when it become became more relevant to me and when I started to struggle with a lot of things. So with a very kind of light background with it, uh, during my time of, uh, well, I guess actually some good basics about me that you probably don't know stuff that I don't often talk about. And it's not because they don't choose to talk about it, It's just, not a casual conversation always that it just brings it up. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it, one of the things that I always laugh about it, cause it's funny how different things, uh, in your life affect you in different ways. Right. So one of the biggest things that is a great example, especially for me too, is like uh, your parents getting separated. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, for most kids, things like that, like it, it's traumatizing in its own way. Right. It's a struggle for a lot of kids to deal with. Uh, my parents separated. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. It was actually, the weirdest experience for me because it did not come as a surprise. And I'm when the way that I chatted was and, and nothing against my parents and they're very happily parted ways. My dad's remarried. My mom is doing her own thing. <laughs> it's a, that's a little different, but, um, I know like even when like that, that happened, like it didn't come as a shocker to me and I would have been in, almost going to high school at that time. And I think like mentally, maybe it's just something that never clicked to me as something that was like going to be important for, uh, you know, things later on or how it affected like my mood in certain ways or anything like that. But the first time that really did it, uh, I did a lot of partying through high school and during the time that, uh, I guess you could say that my parents had split. Um, I didn't really have the, I would like to say didn't at the time have the greatest relationship with my dad. It wasn't that we were on bad terms is that my dad and I just never talked as much as I, uh, you know, maybe would have expected when it came to that. And uh, ironically enough, it's going to be a weird set of a uh, series of events. That's going to remind it. But uh, I did a lot of partying through that time uh, through like, especially like high school and stuff like that. Uh, my brother and I like, you know, we smoked a lot of weed during that time. We drank a lot, right. It was um, a lot of party aspects. It was people I was hanging out with. And um I'm an avid bowler. I do five pin bowling. I, I know like Americans usually 10 pin bowling for a lot of people. Five pins, very Canadian version of it. Uh, in a very interesting way to kind of bring it out. Um, I did a tournament off of a whim. Uh, I've been bowling for like 10 years or so. And our team did so well that we ended up being in the top 250 kids of Canada. And our team Damn. got like sixth or something like that for it. It was a great experience. I'll be honest with you. I went to the most boring place in Canada, which was Saskatchewan, but to relate to it with my story, uh, <laughs> on our trip back, I got back on my birthday. I'd spent 11 hours on a flight on my birthday back from, for some reason, it went from like Saskatchewan to BC back to Toronto. 
instead of just going from Saskatchewan to Toronto, which I don't know if you know your provinces super well, but that's ass backwards to go in and out. And actually, I think we dropped in New York City at some point, too, for a layover. It was, it was weird. What in the fuck? Um, but uh, when I got back, well, one of the first things was, all right, well, fuck it. I'm going to have a drink. We're going to smoke and everything else. And it was just like, I guess part of it was everything kind of coming together with it at the time, maybe jet lag and everything else. But like, I just had a little too much and that kind of thing. And it was when it finally kind of dawned on me when I started to have like anxiety or at least my first real experience with anxiety for once. And, uh, it was, well, you know, anybody who has it for the first time, it kind of came as in its own panic. It was something that I didn't really think much of at first. Uh, but after it kind of progressed and it made me actually think about it, I think it's, it's, it's like anything in life too, though, where, um, you don't think about it until it actually becomes relevant in your own life. And I didn't really think about my mental health in that kind of way for the longest time, mostly because I was just partying. I was, you know, in high school, I didn't really care about it. Right. Um, but you know, fast forward a few years, um, ironically enough, I actually ended up moving back in with my dad and we started developing a bigger relationship again, which was really great during the time. But, uh, I noticed certain things that I used to do, I could no longer handle. Um, I stopped smoking, because it, the anxiety started to actually start to ramp up and pro progressively kind of get worse. But uh, during this time, I also struggled with insomnia for a very long time, had a really hard time sleeping. Uh, I stopped partying as much because I guess it was just kind of like, you, there's only a point where you can hit where you start to, the, the hill starts to plateau and then you start going down. And I think that's where that period kind of started, right? Uh, but it made me realize during that time that it was happening and a lot of the struggles that I was going through that it was something that I didn't always think about. Um, now, of course, if, you know, for the viewers, for you can't see, you guys know I'm also a smoker um, in the sense of that I've been smoking cigarettes for a long time, which I don't recommend. Don't do it. Don't develop a habit. It's not worth it. <laughs> um, but uh, during this time that like that kind of all stopped, I tried to quit smoking cigarettes too. And my mental health went down the drain. Uh, panic attacks. It was it was bad. It was just a series of everything, right? And it wasn't until, and this was like during college. Thankfully, I graduated. It did kind of suffer to a lot of my work at the time. Uh, I was in a bad relationship at the time, so a lot of those things kind of all put together. So it wasn't until, ironically, I met Patty, which you've seen, um, that uh, I started to really take that stuff more seriously and see it in a different light, right? And work to improve myself. And uh, we talked about it a little bit before we started today too, where um, I, I was always the kind of person that there was that ego or, it, it, uh, or at least what I assume was my ego that I've kind of figured out in my own way that uh, I didn't want to ask for help, that it made me feel too vulnerable. And I grew, grew up in like a very what felt like traditional home where, you know, a man's a man kind of thing, right? You know, you're tough, you don't cry, all this other bullshit that we know that's just kind of goofy to think about now in 2023 kind of style, right? But yeah, uh, yeah it just open up, right? But uh, it's, um, yeah, it was um, where things, like I started to pay attention to it more and realize that like the path that I was going down into my life and how it was really affecting my mental health in that kind of way, uh, it really struggled with me. And I, I was a very giving person. And I think uh, what part of happened with that too was that I got taken advantage of so much that that's also what really brought it down. So I uh, did things. I started to kind of take steps to better improve myself and my own mental health. Because at the end of the day, what I had realized is the people that I surrounded myself with were not people that uh, you know, were nat naturally beneficial to me in that kind of way, right? I didn't have that support that I was looking for. I felt like I could open up to people. So I, I did internalize a lot of that stuff. Uh, but I also 
I think I was lucky in my own sense. You know, it probably would have been great to see maybe like a therapist or, you know, look at maybe taking medications for the stuff that I did. But uh, with the way that I learn things, um, I find that it's best for me to kind of try and figure it out on my own before I ultimately make those decisions too. Um, and it, it helped with that process to it. Um, and, you know, reflecting on it probably now compared to back then, I was like, oh, I feel like a big man for like improving my life and all this other shit, right? It's like, <laughs> I should have just asked for help at some point, right? But yeah, uh, or at no, least but like, learn to import both strategies. Yeah, right. You know, try and uh, open up and reach out and, uh, you know, especially to the people that were close in my life to, um, you know, really kind of have that. Uh, what's the word that I'm really thinking of with it is uh, uh, not necessarily clarity, but, you know, really understanding and accepting the fact that vulnerabilities don't make you small, right? It's actually makes you stronger in that sense. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I would say that was probably around the time that it really recognized it. And ever since then, I've kind of been on that journey, uh, especially with people I've met over the years, um, even in my own struggles and that kind of thing too, to uh, really uh, learn from it. Right. And also figure out what helped improve me and how I could help, um, improve other people's lives, or at least to the best of my ability of what I could tell them or hopefully, you know, maybe teach them. Right. So it, it was always been a big thing. And like the one thing that I could say out of that, uh, that I'd like to say to people more than anything is that, um, you always got to have your ups and downs. And I think it's, that's part of life, no matter where we, we choose to go with it. Uh, but it's how you handle those those ups and downs that really make the difference for yourself, right? Like again, like I, I mentioned a few times because I like to repeat words, but balance is huge when it comes to that kind of thing, right? Nobody's life's perfect. Nobody's always happy, but it's how you handle those things and do the things to make yourself happy again or, you know, handle those bad situations, let's say, and turn them into better ones. So a little bit longer yeah. than I expected, but. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's a story. Stories are kind of, well, I guess they're not really meant to take a long time, but that's yeah. kind of the nature of them. It happens. <laughs> uh, in in regards to the specific thing of you being like a, you know, what I'll call a traditional masculinity being forced upon us, like I got to do all this shit myself. I had this really weird experience a few, probably like a month and a half, a month and a half ago, two months ago. So like a, a lot of my philosophy on on like things in general is I want to like um how do I explain this? People people um don't like working customer service because it sucks. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, we know that we know well aware that it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Customer service is not great. Um, I'm lucky that I, I work at a job where I still have to deal with people in a customer service aspect, but they're paid to not be dickheads to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've only had one client who ever broke that rule by telling me that I specifically were doing ruined his Adidas deal. And I'm like, I didn't do shit, buddy. That's not the point. <laughs> no one likes working customer service because customers are mean. Uh, and I, and I recognize that a lot of the way that customer service workers are treated is kind of like a generational difference as well as just an experience difference of like who's worked in customer service before. Oh, exactly. So like, um, the, uh, the, there's a, there's a, a grocery store right next to my house. It's called Smith's. It's owned by Kroger brand. I don't know how popular that is around the world. It, I know it's like an American brand, but I don't know how much farther it expands yeah. from there. Mm. Um, but there's a store right next to my house. And when I was a little bit younger, I used to, or when I was a little bit younger, AKA right when the, you know, pandemic started, I, um, was working in their e-commerce thing, just like picking up online orders that people placed and going and taking them out to their car when they come at their designated pickup time. So I understood the process of that whole thing. And there was a guy that I worked with when I was doing that. And he's only important because when I stopped working there, I still have to go pick up groceries for my parents and whatnot. That same guy is still there. 
and I'm pretty sure he recognizes me. And there is a very, very clear culture difference between me when I go to pick up and my mom, when she goes to pick up, because she kind of likes to throw a fit about certain things. And I don't mean, I don't want to harass her here because she's a nice woman, but it's just like, it, you know, it, you know, that's kind of how she, she gets things done. That's, that's yeah. probably what you're thinking. <laughs> that's probably what I would say. Yeah. But like, she used to be like a, a waitress as well. So I, I thought that she'd be able to like handle the fact that like some things happen sometimes and, and whatever. And she kind of has this whole thing about like, um, people like, can't this worker just like try and, be a little bit more customer forward facing. And I'm like, he doesn't get paid enough to do that. It's not his fault. I'm sure he's trying his best, but he doesn't, you know, it's whatever, but too accurate. (laughs) Yeah. But because, because I used to work in that position now, when I go to pick up groceries, I'm like, Hey, put it in the back seat. And then I get out of my car and I go start helping them put shit in my car because I'm like, I want to get out of your hair as fast as possible. So you don't have to deal with me. Even if I'm a pleasant person to work with, I just want to get out of your hair so you can spend more time not dealing with me. Mm, and I always I, thought that I, that was specific to me because of my lived experience. I think there's a lot of us that are in that, that have worked in that industry that do that. Uh, but like <laughs> a good example. Like, I don't know. I don't know the last time you've been to a mall and you've done like clothes shopping or anything. I don't go out there often. I usually order everything online. Uh, but yeah. when I was really young, I worked at Sears. That's what I used to do at other places. I folded clothes, man. That's I ran one of my stations when I first started there. That's what I did to this day. That experience. I wasn't even there that long in that department. I think I worked there for like a Christmas like a break uh, kind of thing, like three months, right? Yeah. I still, to this day, if I actually go out clothes shopping, I will, f- like if I pull up something to check it out, I will refold it and put it back because I just think in my mind, if that would have been me that worked there and saw that one lady who literally just trashed an entire section that I have to come back and fold, like I don't want to be that person because I know that work that comes into it and those people work too hard for how little they get paid for. You yeah. Know? And that's kind of the, in like, a, I used to be a waiter as well, working at the Chinese restaurant I mentioned earlier. And so that's why I'm like, I go to a restaurant and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm going to try and stack my plates and try and leave some mess out of the way. So it's a little less thing that they have to do insofar as their work flow actually like allows for that kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. But I always thought that that was something that was specific to my lived experience. And to a certain degree, I'm sure it probably is. And then I saw this interesting TikTok, which for the record, don't use TikTok as a means of trying to psychoanalyze yourself all the time, because a lot of people on TikTok think that everything is a sign of trauma. And I don't think that's true. No. But <laughs> there was a thing I saw on TikTok that said that it, that like a lot of men are kind of, kind of grow up with this idea that, um, that you had like um, in order to be valuable to your house, you have to provide a lot of things. And unless you are going to be the person who is directly doing something and fixing something, you should try and be involved with things as little as possible to basically uh, get in the way of people as little as possible to not be a pain in their ass, mm. which seems oxymoronic in nature. But I saw that and I was like, <laughs> made like, you what? think <laughs> yeah i like it, it uh, didn't like do it didn't do like a ton of philosophy change in my mind but i was like i was like how many people go through this like how many people yeah. have this kind of thing that happens to them and like but it's not just because they've worked in a service industry so they're just trying to be a little bit more courteous for people who are actively to quote unquote serving you like well, it was very. Be, it was a very weird thing. <laughs> I like good perspective. Like I see it as a decent thing too. I, yeah. I do the same. Working in kitchens for so long, I know people who've been servers, dude. Like I do that too. I clean off all the garbage onto one plate. I do all the other stuff because I know that position that it would put some people in. You know, like there's there's people. I did dishwashing for a while. I know that there's people out there that smear honey all over their plates and cleaning that shit off, man, is a royal pain in the ass. So it's like I'll scrape it up, <laughs> put it in an easy clean container. You know, you throw all your napkins together, like. I, 
maybe it's that courtesy thing, but yeah, first of all, you never take that advice from TikTok stuff. I swear TikTok can be <laughs> so toxic with that kind of stuff. And then like, there are some things on there that, um, do bring up good points. Like I think there is good information there, but often like a lot of social media, there is so much, um, like not necessarily misunderstanding, but like people who think that because their scenario worked that everybody, it should work the same way for everybody. Or like they tell you things that like, this is what you should do for your life. It's no different than like the people who are like, you need to stop eating cereal because it's got this, this, and this. And it's like, yeah, like then I can't eat this, this, and this as well. It's like everything in excess. Right. But you just don't believe actually, ironically enough, growing up in the era where the internet started to get big. One of the first things that I think I've still kept to this day is don't believe everything you see on the internet, which is so true. So true. in so many ways. (laughs) <laughs> like unbelievably but yeah i but think no, it's like, like even you know learning certain things and figuring yeah like, like you said too like to the whole masculinity thing too right like i think it's it, it actually even pulling it back further it's a generation thing um you know oh, if yeah. you look at our like i an example I, I don't know how old your parents are like you know my dad's um turning 60 this year which is like still boggles my fucking mind at this point but uh <laughs> uh you know my mom's 64 now i think i always forget my mom's birthday 64 or 65 oh god she's retiring um <laughs> but uh it, it's very much like they're older parents like a lot of the people that i grew up with in my generation like their parents were like in their early 20s when my by the time that like i started to like realize more and more in my life when i was coming to age you know 10 11 12 like up into my teenage years i realized that obviously my parents had me a little bit later right which with within your 30s is actually reasonable it's just at the time it seemed like more people were having it at a younger age right um but it was it was my mom right you know like my mom was so traditional old school and like my background's italian my dad's the italian one so like it, there's a lot of traditional values that come with that. So it's no different than I think like uh, uh, like European kind of style of thing. Like I don't, I don't know if you've talked to a fair amount of people and with that kind of stuff where it's like mental health to them. It's like it's non-existent. If you're, if you're a man, you just suck it up and take it, you know, this and that. But it's like, no, that's not how the world works. That's why there's yeah. so many there's so many people with issues out there, right? It's like don't don't believe in that kind of stuff, right? But it did – it took me a while to break that, that mentality too, right? Because it was like trying to understand in myself that like – you know, it's, I, I don't like to say I'm traditional. I, I keep a lot of traditional values that I think I personally value, but there's a lot of stuff that, and I think being an artist and also being creative in my own kind of sense and, and staying open to ideas, uh, it's overall over time shaped the way that I process those kind of things. And it's not that I pulled the exact you know, lesson that these old school things like pull. Uh, but I take it in my own way, again, with a grain of salt for me to kind of understand it in a way for me that works. Right. So, yeah, but, yeah. I think that, yeah, that that's a, that's a big thing of it is like a lot of people who will come on the internet and will just tell you, this is like, like tell you something as if it is a hard fact. I don't take a lot of that very well. I'm just like, no, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, if I know within my heart of hearts that that is the case, like that's a whole different thing, but people who just come on and they're just like immediately, this is a fact. I'm, I don't take that information very well, but I do yeah. really appreciate things that analyze the same sort of subjects, but, but like analyzing them and kind of talking about them in a not really speculative way, but in a way that's like, um, there's one guy that I follow that talks a lot about masculinity things, but he talks about it in a way that's like, um, these are things that we can observably see are true based off of what happens based on what has happened in the past and based on things that you see in current day. Um, and then like analyzes those things and then kind of tries to help people 
sort of break out of general toxic mindsets, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it is. It's the toxic side of it, right? Well, yeah. I think like if you take the the traditional values that uh, can benefit you, let's put it that way, and not necessarily just benefit you, but um, in a more societal sense of benefiting everybody as a whole, right? Yeah. That just comes down to being a decent person, right? But <laughs> never. No, I, I think like I feel like femininity, like in men, just don't like it. Just for some reason, seems to still be um like like it's not it's not that i want to say that it's not right it's just like it feels like people are afraid to be feminine it feels uncomfortable right yeah like a good example actually to pull with this i i have a pink shirt that i wear that um it's one of the only shirts that actually i've bought recently that i'm incredibly proud of because i have a a guy that i found who streams and he does a lot of charity work and he did it for uh like the the what was it? The one of the breast cancer like movements that he was doing. It was not necessarily nonprofit, but anyways, it was a pink shirt. It's got his logo on it and everything. Yeah. And for every time that somebody bought one of these shirts, he would match it, and all the 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 uh, money that went to the shirts and the money that he matched all went to his charity. It was yeah. phenomenal. So I got it a couple of months later. I wore it the other day, and to realize how backwater sometimes my town was i just went for a walk because i needed to get out of the office i was like it's a gorgeous day i'm gonna enjoy the breeze man i'm really close to the lake so it's like it's gorgeous every time and yeah. i w- walk past these group of let's say it's an older generation because it was <laughs> and they're like oh good on you for wearing pink and all this and that and i'm like dude it just it dawned on me and i talked to patty when i got home about it because i was like it's been years since i've actually had to think like wearing pink is like a thing right that like it's like you know people are like oh like cheering me on for it i'm like you shouldn't be cheering me on for this man i should be able to wear pink and just feel normal about it right like i i don't know anything for wearing that man like it's just a shirt that i enjoy i i don't see it objectively i just see it as like Hey, this is what I was wearing today, right? Like it just exactly. it dawned on me. I haven't thought about that in years, man. It was weird. So, but you know, it's like I don't I don't know what it is. Where it's just like, yeah, that's what it comes down to is that people like are afraid to open up and like embrace that. You know what? We all have a feminine, a certain level of femininity in our own lives, right? And I don't think that the the toxic sides, you know, like talking about your feelings and things like that, are things that people should stray away from. It's things that they should embrace um, as a person, and you know, confide in who you can find with, right? Like it it'll help you in so many ways. Right. So. No, yeah, no, exactly. That's kind of like a, that's one of those things where it's like, if, if doing something that like people making a big deal out of something that really shouldn't be a big deal. Like that, that's kind of like the perfect example of it because for as long as I have, for as long as I like started buying my own clothes, which was from the ages of like 16, I think probably no, no, that no, that's way too late. Sorry. Let me try again. Well, no, I guess it would have had to have been around then, maybe 14 or 15, because at that point I was actually getting paid to do things. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> I have never had an issue with like wearing things that are pink in general because I think it's a nice color. Um, yeah. The only thing that stops me from wearing certain pink shirts is that I don't like that shade. I'm like, that doesn't look very good. <laughs> no, that's that's understandable, actually, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you got, I guess, you, yeah, if you got to have, you want, sometimes you want to look good, man. You got to think about that fashion sense, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a masculine thing. I'm just like, this pink does not look good with the color of the pants that I have. And like, I even had like a harder time matching up colors sometimes because I, my hair has been a handful of different colors between the ages of like, uh, let's say 17 and now. Mm. Um, and so I, I have to like worry about color matching that way. And so it's so, yeah. like, I, I do have a couple of family members who are, I mean, by the, when this was happening, they're probably late forties and they like, my mom would make comments about it. Sometimes she'd be like, Oh, you're wearing a pink shirt. I'd be like, yeah, it's a nice looking shirt. 
Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it. Just, just counter it, man. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what, where I think it's interesting is because I, I, uh, defining generational gaps is very weird because I feel like after millennials, it gets started to get really muddied as to what actually is classified as being within a certain generation. And I think you can be like 38 or like something to still be considered a millennial. So, so all that's to be said is there's like, a. I don't think we exist in the same generational gap, but I think as a result of that, that's where a lot of these differences are coming from. And I think now people are becoming more open to the concept of talking about these kinds of things because of Mm -hmm. the fact that it's now starting to kind of like, a lot of those sort of old fashioned values on being like a good person, I guess have kind of waned out. And so people are starting to come to grips with like what it means to be masculine in a healthy way, feminine in a healthy way, not being toxic and things. Well, those general, like, see, here is where it gets interesting with me when it comes to this kind of stuff too, because I always say with, um, that label of ge- like what generation are you in too uh, is a way to just like group people and then determine, oh, like, you know, like if someone's like, oh, you're a millennial. Oh, great. You know, then you're going to complain about this and that and this. And it's like people using it in that negative sense. I feel like it's so weird uh, to see it in that way. Right. Because I guess like I that's the thing that I'm always at because I'm at that weird point where I'm like a millennial, but I'm also not. And they were calling them like zillennials or something like that for yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. They like Internet dubbed it. Uh, but like. I, I like I don't see it like that again too, right? But I like you know the, with the older generations I can see it because there was a certain way of life and and like the the way that things changed weren't as drastic as I feel they were in the last like 20 30 years. Cuz if you see of how much of a difference like the internet has done for us technology everything, right? I feel like even uh, you know Gen Z and like what are they calling the newest generation now too? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> You see, it's that's when you start getting older, man. When you start not picking up all that. Well, no, I'm, it, I'm, it's I'm 22. The reason I don't know it is because the generation start. Well, oh my, well, to be fair, the generation did start like 10 years ago, but it's because yeah. it's because nobody's been able to approach. No one's been able to appropriately define the 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 lines for my generation, so I don't expect them to be able to even give a name to the next one. <laughs> yeah, we'll like, we'll see with it, right? But, no, like I think. Um, if we do it in the process of like how history, you know, like if we don't learn about history, history will repeat itself kind of thing. Right. But I think as humans and as people in society, we adapt uh, to our nature and the way things that change. And obviously that the people that don't change with it tend to keep, um, you know, it, it's, it's no different than um, evolution in its own sense. Right. Like, and I'm not being scientific necessarily about it. I'm just using it as an example. Right. But uh, we keep on to those traits that uh, bring manifest. value and positivity and they manifest. Right. And then we get rid of the old because you know what, maybe they just no longer apply or they're just not part of our lives kind of thing. Right. And that's where I think, especially even like with mental health, like what we were talking about, uh, I think that's why now people have opened up so much about it because, you know, instead of struggling and like, uh, you know, just starving themselves through this whole process, they're actually, you know, doing something about it. And that's where it was like, you know, especially like millennials where that's where that generation thing came in is like, oh, you just whine about everything and thought it's like, no, it's because we finally had the balls to come up and be like, listen, I don't want to struggle. Somebody help me with this. And that's where we are now right it's like it's we changed with it and i think it's breaking things like even an example and i won't go too far into the topic but like breaking gender norms an example right like it's one of those things where it's 
you know, I don't think we live in that conventional society that people, you know, put themselves in the little, their little bubbles and think that we live in. I think it's, you know, us opening up and breaking those stand like social standards that maybe we had previously is what ultimately will help us evolve to be better people. Right. So yeah, it's good, you know, and get people out of those struggles somehow. Right. So yeah, exactly. And I think like um, with where we're at right now, I think it's also people at least being open to the idea that like because um, evolution being a relatively natural process means that you don't have to do a ton of weeding through to find really bad things. But the benefit that we have is that like we can spot that when it's happening and mm-hmm. try and make efforts to sort of quote unquote artificially help to get rid of some of those really bad habits and traits. Yeah, well, and it comes, I think, really heavily on a social side too, right? Uh, but, you know, if you look at social media too, right, I think there, there are pros and cons to this too, right? Because I think that genuine people who need help and, you know, ask for help sometimes get pushed off to the side for people who maybe use that for their advantage um, and they may not actually be struggling with something, right? So I think like there, there's there's always going to be kind of two ends to the story with it too, right? Um, yeah, but just because and, and something bad is manifesting out of it doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. Yeah, well, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong with <laughs> yeah, that. So. I've had, I've had long-ass conversations with people concerning things that are completely on the other end of the spectrum of this that I'm not even going to get into, but like my friend is like, we shouldn't put this law in place because then uh, it's not going to do anything because people are going to break it. And I'm like, so a, a law laws are not meant to be broken, but a law is going to get broken. So does that not mean that it should exist? Like you sound mm-hmm. silly. Well, laws are meant to be changed, right? Yeah. So, but it, I, I've been there. I feel like um, there, there's, open talks about this and then there's political arguments about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, there's, there's, you, like, there's very rare to find an in between conversation with that kind of thing. So, yeah. Cause unfortunately the, the everything likes to make everything political to some degree to try and pit somebody against other. It's not a, it's not a great situation to be no. in, but we're trying our best. <laughs> listen we'll make it there eventually right? yeah we'll make it there eventually that's like that's yeah. my go-to thing whenever 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 things get hard i'm like we're trying our best <laughs> yeah we're, we're you know what like at least we can give ourselves the effort for it right you know the worst thing you can do is try if you fail just try again right just never stop trying that's that's a good way to yeah. put it as right yeah. so at least you know you put effort into it more than anything so yeah i think this <laughs> is stupid i play some overwatch zenyatta he just goes like a <laughs> failure or the way home what does he say failure is acceptable giving up is not basically yeah no that's a good ways to live by man so uh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's good good words man my, my <laughs> boys and yada shout out shout out overwatch for that yeah, they've done experience. a lot of interesting things in the past this isn't about them um, experience transcendence man <laughs> um no so th- this this is this is the other kind of question that I was um this I was like I'm going to clarify this and and now I'm realizing this is worded kind of weirdly given your initial story about your kind of introduction into mental health and coming to terms with how it's actually affecting you and how you need to use it to help make yourself a better person um it's just like so I have it listed as what was so in- quote unquote interesting about mental health to the point where it became a regular part of conversation rather than just an acknowledgement of its impacts or even a conscious decision to upload, uphold a positive mental space. In your case, it's not really an interesting thing. It was more like a necessary thing that you yeah. well, again I, came to conscious and figured it out. I, I think both. I think both um, because I do separate uh, my personal experiences from, 
from what I advocate for, right? It's actually probably helped me understand it in a way for me to communicate to other people too. Um, One of the, and I like actually one of the reasons why I think I network so well is because I I like meeting people from all salts of the earth, right? Like it's, it's interesting to bring so many different mentalities and so many different people. And and I think ultimately that's shaped kind of uh, not necessarily like my go-tos, but how I can read a certain person based off of, you know, maybe what they tell me or, you know, what, what their experience they've gone through with it. Um, but I, I, I became passionate about it because I feel like, uh, and it, even especially on a, like a, an online kind of thing, I feel like people promote the negative side of it more than you see people advocating the positive side to it and the things to, how people, you know, take those baby steps even, uh, to a better life. Right. And then like, I'm not like goop or anything like that, you know, like I'm not being out here like, Oh, you got to drink like eight cups of water a day and, you know, try out my supplements. Like, no, I'm not like that kind of advocate. (laughs) I'm just more of the sense of like, uh, you know, I, I, I think it, part of it comes for me is, and I wouldn't necessarily see it as a negative trait, but it has kind of been a negative trait in my own way too. But like, I, I like helping people in, in many different ways, right? Even if it's like little things, um, even if it's unintentional or if it is intentional. And I think that that growing need for me to want to, I think it's also please people in that sense. And that's where maybe that more negative side kind of comes in is why I became more such an advocate to it because I'm, I'm passionate about it because of my own experiences and what I've chatted with other people and you know what they've gone through and my experiences of helping them through that kind of stuff. And it's, it's why, you know, for me to you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the ways that I kind of want to word that, (laughs) but like at the end of the day, I think it's, that's really the, just the answer to it, just to keep it simple. Right. Like it's just something like I want to help people. And if, if there's something that I can do to do it, uh, then I go for it. Right. You know, if, whether if it's reaching out or, you know, in my sense, right. Being as a, a streamer, you know, maybe giving somebody that opportunity for that one day to just say hi to them. Right. Maybe they've reached out to hundreds of streamers, nobody's had the opportunity to really get to know them or anything else like that. Right. And it, it's given me that opportunity. So I'm going to take it. Right. And, you know, maybe that conversation is what will change them one day. Right. And knowing that that could be the potential there for something positive, in my own life, feeling like I've been able to help them out. Uh, even if it's something small, um, you know, it, it makes a difference to me. It brings me self-satisfaction with that. And I think that's where that passion comes from with it. Right. And yeah, I'm trying to think of why really that kind of, uh, mentality where that came into my own life, but I don't, maybe something that happened throughout me through school or, um, you know, at some points in my life that I wanted to help people and it just forever kind of grew into that. But I've never really psychoanalyzed myself enough uh, <laughs> in that side of it to think why I actually do that. I think it's just second nature to me at this yeah. point, right? But yeah. I mean, yeah. in, in your case, it seems like it's just a thing of, it's just like, it's a thing that you are passionate about because of you were able to you were able to use it to help yourself and you understand that it's a healthy thing for people to be partaking in. And especially depending on like, there's not really a way to tangibly graph this out, but if you were able to, depending on how much of your life, that portion of it, like of understanding your own mental fortitude and your own mental, this, that, and the other thing, how much that affected you probably influences how much you want to essentially give back to enable somebody else to be able to take the first step to fixing or at least acknowledging what's what's wrong yeah well i nobody likes to see people suffer right well, yeah and, uh, 
Yeah, like, well, that, that's the thing, right? And especially yeah. if, like, um, suffering in silence, I think, has always been the biggest thing that you, you always hate to see, right? And the best thing you can do is reach out to someone and let them know you're there. And if they ever want to take that opportunity to not, you know, maybe open up or whatever they need to do in order for them to get started, like, I think that um, as a character trait is, is something for that I keep close to heart, especially for the people that I know, right? And I, I leave that actually that option open for a lot of people that I meet because I tend to come into every relationship with every person that I meet with a certain level of respect that I kind of uphold to. Right. And ultimately, um, you know, for me, you know, people do things, right. You know, they think, Oh, maybe I'm a bad person because I did this or that. And like that kind of stuff, like, doesn't really matter to me as long as it's within my own moral range of things, just to clarify <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, it, it's more of like, I, I show that unintentional care, as uh, an opportunity for me to remain open with that because I think definitely, you know, for some people's lives, they won't have even their closest family members or they're even their closest friends that they feel like that they can do that to, right? So maybe a stranger even just throwing that notion out there to them might give them that opportunity to finally do that to even something that's close to them, right? That makes yeah. a big difference in someone's life, right? Yeah, that, that yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no, that makes sense. And it's like a... Another way that I was thinking about it is it's almost like the, the, I guess this, the anonymity of the internet also means that like they, they don't necessarily, or so there's the anonymity of the internet, which is to say like, I don't necessarily need to know this person face to face to be able to voice my frustrations or whatever's going on to this person if they're offering it to me like a good person but secondarily mm -hmm. it's like especially if you don't know this person very well and they're kind enough to reach out to you to let you know that you are willing to help them they haven't known you for that long and they maybe don't have to necessarily worry about breaking off a decade-long relationship they have with this person over something and i don't know how many yeah. people are going through a situation where they're like trying to talk to their friend and they're like yeah i'm going through a hard time and their friend's like you know what? fuck you blocked I never talk to them again <laughs> But God, it, I've it, had you know, that. The <laughs> yeah, it's it, yeah, it, it's rough for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but no, like yeah, it, I I think it makes a difference, and like I like to be a positive person, as you've probably to like seen, especially like on my streamer side of things and that kind of thing. Like I, I always keep things as positive as I can because like that kind of thing, like talking about like we've discussed obviously is that you know talking about mental health and that kind of thing, like it, it's very hit or miss with a lot of people, and I think in, in a stream side of things, like oftentimes. Uh, I don't talk about it on stream. I'd rather talk about it off stream for people because I feel like then you don't have that audience there for them to maybe feel nervous or, or you don't want to necessarily hold back on something that could be bothering them that they won't say, right? Uh, but I use the stream side of it to keep that positive attitude and remain positive as that alternative of it if that maybe that I don't need to talk to that person, that that person just being there and you know including them in something that um, you know, might just make a little bit of their day a little bit better or whatever it may be, right? Uh, can, you know, kind of change that perspective for them and, yeah. and, and help them with that, right? Especially whatever they're going through, right? Yeah, it's like um, you're not going to go on a stream and you're not going to be talking about these kinds of things. You aren't like I'm not going to start my next stream and then just start asking people the questions that I put on here. But you're True. fostering. You're, <laughs> <laughs> but you are fostering an environment that indicates that you're a person who's in tune with this that can allow people a safe space yeah, in a way yeah. that's not intimidating them by getting bogged down in the in the whatever of it. 
Actually, that's a good way to put the transition into that too, because uh, <laughs> it, it's funny that you mentioned that kind of thing. Because I, I always have seen myself as very lighthearted and very approachable kind of person, but that apparently doesn't seem to be the case all the time. Because apparently, people seem to be fairly intimidated by me, and I, I don't know what it what it is. Maybe <laughs> I, I like I articulate myself very well. I think in some cases, or at least I hope I do. Right? Um, yeah. And I, I don't know what it is, but then, you know, the few people that sometimes I have talked to, they're always like, oh, yeah, you know, like if you message me or something like that, it's like, I'm afraid. And I'm like, why are you afraid? Like, what are you worried? What have you done that <laughs> makes you worry that if I'm messaging you, something's going wrong? Right. But well, I think that's uh, almost like I think. Well, OK, this this is this is from my perspective and my bias being the fact that the only contact that I have from you is via Twitch, via the community discord and via our now <laughs> DMs. I think it might be from an executive that side of things where i think like the the last time that you and me were in a discord call with a few other people somebody made a joke and they were like they were like somebody was like i'm really like nervous and afraid to like dm babs on discord about something because she is like the judge jury and executioner so i think it's like i don't i i almost wonder if it's like if it's an approachable thing or if it's just because like from an executive point of view they're like it's like you don't want your boss necessarily calling you in and you're like oh did i do something wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh my you go actually that's so true in that sense too i you know you don't really think about it until you get the other perspective from that but you're not wrong with that too and especially with like the community discord if you've probably seen a few times like i it's not that i truly separate myself from when i talk with people but i do take certain things uh, a lot more serious than others, right? Especially with a Discord of that size and value to me yeah. because I've I've made it my home too, right? And like, listen, it would be no different than like if somebody left dog shit on my front porch, right? <laughs> if you're going to do that, you're going to have the fury. It's just like, I'm easy yeah, exactly. going until you piss me off. That it's like, good luck. That's it, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And I kind of, I, I see, like that totally makes sense. But I also see from your perspective where that's coming from, where you're like, like you're a lighthearted person. You're easy to talk to in my estimation, but that's also because I feel like, um, I, I, at this point, given where I'm at in my quote unquote podcast career, I, I feel like I could talk to anybody regardless. Cause as shallow as it sounds, I base a lot of my ability to talk to somebody off of the size of that person because I'm like, because I operate in such a small circle that like, <laughs> it, it's not like, I have a bunch of, I don't have like any actual hangups with, with what I've been doing for this podcast, but sometimes it's like, it's like, I don't want people to have the impression that I'm talking to people who are bigger than me to try and get attraction because one, it's, <laughs> it's not working, right? Because the people that I talk to, they don't operate in the podcast space. So I don't expect those people to come and listen to a podcast, but I'm like, they like this person. I like this person. I want to talk to them, but I'm like, I hope people don't think that I'm trying to like mooch off of this person having X amount of followers on Twitch or whatever. It's just like, you do something that I'm into. I consume your content and I like your content. I want to talk to you. Yeah. But like- well, the, the- the confidence that you have with it too that, that's what's pulled you into it more right yeah. but yeah no I, I i can see where you could come from that side with it too but yeah i wouldn't say that you go down that route right like like you said right you're passionate about what you do and actually taking those big strides to feel like uh it's no like even with twitch i still do the same thing to this day i don't consider myself a big streamer man i've never considered myself a big streamer and like when i met something stupid which is a great example and uh, maple and, and babs and light and love all talked about this uh, the first time that they rated to me that they almost i don't want to say idolize because then i'm going to be inflating my own ego but they they <laughs> came off with 
with that <clears throat> idea that they idolize the way that I handle things, right? And like the person that I was and how I, I did my stream stuff, right? Yeah. And it, it's it's funny how it puts that perspective in mind because I like well, talking about the whole gender thing too, right? Like I'm not I don't like to see roles in that kind of sense. I see people for people for who they are, right? I don't think anybody is bigger or better than any person in this world. There's no amount of money or amount of respect or anything else that that can throw at me that could potentially say that like I should see this person in a different light. I think that we're all equally the same. We're we're you know mind, body, and soul. That's not going to change that we're all people, right? And um, it, it blows me away because if you see obviously how well like an example like Maple's doing and stuff like that, right? I, I'm a small streamer compared to her. It feels like at this point, she's pushing for partner and all this other stuff. And like, I honestly, I'm so proud of her in that kind of sense too, because like she works so hard for what she does and she deserves every bit of it. Right. And, uh, you know, seeing myself being part of this, this group feels bigger than anything in my own sense that I've ever done. Like I have my own self accomplishment. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, uh, downsizing that kind of to it. Right. But, uh, you know, like the people that I've met, especially some of the, what I viewed even in my own eyes of larger streamers too. Like that was always my thought too. It was like, I don't want people to think that like I'm doing this for my own views. I'm just interested in this person, what their content is, what's there there. And I love to be a part of it. It's no different than me reaching out to you with that case. Right. You know, I've seen everybody else doing it. I was interested in it. That's why I was like, fuck yeah put me on the podcast i want to be here to be put me on the podcast right? or else yeah. well, we didn't come in that case but you know no but, it's not like but, i have no, your family but, or anything yeah, no, but so. if it, 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 it's almost like the opposite thing where like i i satirically i'm just like come on the podcast or else i swear to god <laughs> but no no i guess i guess the whole point that i was trying to get across earlier is that like uh, from your perspective i can see how you would maybe think like because for you you're like i don't think i'm hard to approach but then i've seen like the messages that you post and it's like you're not a like you're not like serious, serious, but you're just like, like um, the best example that I can think of is the amount of times that you've been like, Hey, people are going to probably try and DM you on Twitter and they're going to try and scam you. Like, don't fall for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, you do post very like down to earth, like things that are just to get the, get the information across, get the point across, keep people safe. Um, yeah. But I can also understand how to some degree, some people could look at that. And if that's their only contact they have, or the only message they've seen from you, they're like, Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, and, and being, um, when I first started with the court, IE, good example with that too, is that I was, I was very active in it and it, it's grown exponentially in the last couple months where things have changed. But as of the start of this year, uh, I've been on a couple of my own personal journeys to, uh, clean up and, uh, you know, do things that I've been slacking on for years. IE an example, which, because people who can't see it, my camera's on right now. My green screen's gone. Hey, <laughs> you can't see anything, but I have boxes in this room, right. <laughs> that I have never unpacked. And like, that's been a good thing. Again, for my own mental health sake, I've finally come to terms to say that, like, I'm tired of seeing these boxes. It's time to clear it out and either get rid of stuff uh, or keep like the small things away from me so that I can finally feel like, um, you know, I'm just not living in a house full of boxes kind of thing. Right. And it's, yeah. it's, it seems small, but that small thing makes the biggest difference for me. So like this year I've like honestly been on a huge journey to clean up things that I've been slacking on for so many times, getting rid of stuff that I no longer need. You know, when you pick up like small hobbies, you know, as a, I'm sure with a lot of people who know when it comes to like those ADHD, like uh, hobby hopping, like both Patty <laughs> and I do that all the time. Right. And I've gotten to a point where I don't do it as, as much or I, I don't do it at all at this point um and now i gotta get rid of all those old ones right but like i want to create those new memories or even if i do pick up those new hobbies i can feel like i can do it where i'm not living in that small stuff right <laughs> yeah um but uh 
yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's made a, a big difference to that. Uh, but it, it's really uh, pulled me away from the Discord. And honestly, I was really heavy into the Discord, and I wanted to get to know a lot of people. And I think we've had a lot of new people that have come in and haven't been able to see or experience that that softer side, let's call it, of me, right? Because they, <laughs> they see me more as the big bad moderator. And I laugh with this about Weave and Love because they gave me the meme master role and purposely put me above the team and everything. So everybody, like, sees that red name at the top of the the of the roles right and they think oh shit this guy's gonna end me if i do something wrong and it's like <laughs> no like, like if you're doing something wrong in the first place it doesn't even matter if it's me it's gonna be somebody who's gonna figure it out but like at the end yeah. of the day you know i'm I, I try and chat with people as much as i can and actually um i think it, it will probably see more improvement here in the future because uh, i've find myself uh, wanting to spend more time into it again and actually trying to get to know more of these people. So I think hopefully that might, uh, you know, change some views on it. Like you said, right. You know, they're, they're no longer looking at that executive position of like spooky, this guy who's like telling everybody to stop being stupid and clicking links from some random person who just joined the discord for the first time. Right. So, yeah, I'll admit there is a couple of those that I see and I'm like, this person has never posted a message in the discord. They're only like, why would they be messaging out to you directly? Like that's, you're being a little bit silly and goofy. I respect oh, the yeah. fact that they're like coming into the community discord where that person came from and they're like hey just letting you guys know uh but sometimes i'm like you seem a little hesitant to you seem a little hesitant to click on the link when it's like you should know not to do that in the first place <laughs> yeah like that's, that's like simple like uh not cyber security but that's just like online almost safety. like um yeah online safety that's actually it's no different than you know your grandma accidentally like <laughs> clicking that like email that's like oh we have your or put it input your credit card information or your account's gonna get closed or you're gonna owe like three thousand dollars like it's the same stuff <laughs> yeah. and you don't realize that i think it's it's that people don't get taught that stuff right because uh, i think discord when it came out too it was it was a great place that stuff didn't happen but it happens all the time now and it's like just use the sense of like do i know this person why is this person messaging me just a link right like it's it just be skeptical and that kind of stuff right and it's yeah. just for your own safety with that as somebody who has had their stuff hacked in the past it's a scary experience when it happens and like it only takes once for you to realize to be like no nah, i'm never letting this happen again i'm never right? fucking around with that again yeah so that's yeah totally reasonable. I'm, I'm two step authying everything i own at this point so <laughs> yeah. oh god um but yeah actually i guess a small side tangent before i can get back to my big tangent um is uh I, I love getting text message scams because all of them are like your America first credit union account is about to be locked. And I'm like, you fucking idiots. I don't use America first. <laughs> Dude, I, I get those too. Uh, okay. Because you're going to go on your big tangent. I won't make it crazy, but yeah, same thing. Patty and I were planning on doing a cruise. We ended up canceling it. it it's not really a crazy story or anything. We decided to pay off bills instead, but I signed up for that cruise and the only way to do it was in the States. So they took my number. The moment that we gave them the number, I have gotten so many text messages and calls from members of the States being like the same thing. Your American express card has been taken or like this and that. And it's like, dude, I don't even live in America. Like I don't have these things. <laughs> like, That's funny. Oh, God. But no, the, so I guess, so what I'm realizing is the way that I formatted these questions is actually kind of in, in um, tandem with my own experience in relation to them. So the reason that I use the word interesting when I asked about like, what did you find so interesting about mental health that you decided to go out of your way to do all this other stuff? Uh, I use the word interesting because I think I found it first interesting when I was 13 uh, and my girlfriend at the time took me to a therapy session with her. 
I don't know. We were never that close, so I don't really know how that happened, right? <laughs> That's an interesting experience to start with. Yeah, it's like a weird first date, but okay. No, um, <laughs> but but no, her and her mom took me to a therapy session with them because her dad is uh, the way that he is. And uh, for some reason, I had to, as a 13-year-old, and I don't know how I knew this, I had to explain the deleterious effects of alcohol on the brain to both her and her mom. Oh, in front of the therapist. And I was like, I was like, how did this happen? Uh, really? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't even like a, it wasn't a bad experience. It wasn't like one that really shook me to my core, shivered me timbers or anything. It was just like one that happened. And I was like, why was like, why is this my responsibility? (laughs) Um, Uh, but but like after that, and then having talks with her, um, having to go through multiple, um, having to actually go through multiple hard talks with her that were outside of a therapy session. I was like, I was like, mental health is such a crazy thing. I want to be a therapist. N- you, not anymore. You developed the cycle. Um, you became fascinated with the psychology behind it. I think yeah. And so that's why I took, on- I took psychology in high school as a, as a junior. And then I took AP psychology as a senior in high school. And I even bought the, you can't see it on account of this is internet radio listeners. <laughs> I have a goddamn book back there that is basically just how to uh, analyze and like pseudo treat like any mental disorder under the sun. And it is like, I mean, it is literally probably as thick as a Bible. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> there are, and, those pages are huge. Man. <laughs> yeah. And so like Christmas of like 2018, I want to say, uh, my parents were like, what do you want for Christmas? And I kind of said like, like standard things that would be typical of a 17 year old. And then I was like, can you give me this $30 book off of Amazon? And they're like, you want a fucking manual for Christmas? I was like, yes. <laughs> and I never actually read it, but then I like gave it to one of my coworkers to have her read it for a few days at work. And she was pretty fascinated by it. So it's like that whole experience made me realize like how interesting of a concept mental health is, but not just yeah. mental health, but I guess the psychology of a person, the way that they uh, grew up and a bunch of other stuff. So that was why I used the words interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, like you're on the right track with it too. Right. Cause I think, um, uh, you're right. Things become interesting because it, it, we're naturally curious as people, right? So I think what we find fascinating or, or, or interesting or what we become curious about is what ultimately drives us to figure out more about it, right? Um, and you, in a sense, <clears throat> I was through the same thing because I took psychology, sociology um, in high school. And I'll be honest with you, um, I almost failed the class because my teacher hated me, but that, I'm not going to talk about that. That's different. He was just a dick. But, <laughs> That's for um, different episode. <laughs> I, like, it's weird to describe, but I don't think I've ever learned more in a class than in that class. And somehow he just didn't fail me, but gave me a 50 just to be like, just get, get out of here and don't come back kind of thing. Yeah. But through my whole experience with that and and the understanding of the human mind and how like um uh, i guess like the brain just works right and yeah. really what justifies people to do the things that they do right and um it's weird because like uh i think because i've been so open with it over the years i've also kind of desensitized myself to other things right um patty and i have a joke like years ago because like there was uh, a couple experiences a couple things that like um i an example going back to that uh, let's call it toxic ma- masculinity, but not necessarily. Um, <laughs> actually, my my cousin and I are extremely close. He's one of the people who actually got me back into streaming. Uh, but when his brother passed away, so my cousin, um, I didn't cry during the wedding or anything else like that. And and it's weird. Um, and I say weird in a very light sense because I I just uh, I'm the kind of person I don't really cry. I'll cry to like a Disney movie. I won't really cry to it, but like you know, like you get like watery eyed. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you kind of feel that tightness. 
yeah, like you feel it, it's there, right? It puts you in an emotional state kind of thing, right? And um, uh, one of the things that I've realized in in myself, and I think what's part of the reason why I became so passionate and fascinated about it is the uh, learning about coping mechanisms, right? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, things, things that we do to cope with, um, you know, traumatic events, um, you know, certain things in our lives that maybe make us feel uncomfortable, that kind of thing, right? And uh, I, I didn't cry during his wedding, but during my entire time that I was there, um, I, I tried to, you know, do my best to stay relatively neutral, but, you know, also kind of make people laugh a little bit about it, you know, and, and see it more as the celebration of life than a funeral. I have always hated funerals for that reason, because I always just feel so sad and depressing, right? Yeah. You know, if I, I always said, if I ever died uh, or if I know I'm going to die, like, give me a celebration of life. I don't want people to cry. I want people to be like, damn, like, you know, we had a good run at it. Let's, uh, I'll see you in the next one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just, I'll I'm see you lighthearted in the next one. With YouTube yeah. outro place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throw in Mr. Beat out, Mr. Beast fucking outro or what is his name? Andrew Tate outro here. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's very much like. But um, that moment, actually, and this happened um, a few years before we moved out to where we were. And uh, I had a weird kind of moment where it's not that like I snapped or anything, but like I had this idea in my head. I'm like, maybe I'm um, uh, one of those people that basically like don't feel like any emotions to other people. What are they called? Thank you. Yes. I was like, am I a sociopath? Like this, this, I put the idea in my head. <laughs> like, oh no. And I'm like, I'm like, shit, do I not feel things like this and that? Right. And um, I was like, no, because uh, at the end of the day, when I further analyze it in myself and see that that's where I become passionate about it again. Right. Because I become fascinated in my own ways of how I deal with things. And instead of just being like, this is how I dealt with something. I'm like, why did I deal with that that way? Right. And uh, I find that like definitely in, in sad scenarios or depressing scenarios. And again, part Part of the reason why I, I pull things an example like my stream off of so much positivity is I think uh, how I cope with a lot of things is I like to pe- make people smile or like try and bring that positivity back into that situation right up the road. as a way for me to yeah cope with that kind of stuff, right? Um, or, you know, maybe instead of seeing it as this is what happened, you know, and trying to just be there for them, seeing what I can do to ultimately fix it, which has both been a burden with some scenarios that I've dealt with, but also at the same time has helped me through those things. Cause that's definitely, there's a time and a place for that kind of stuff, right? It doesn't work in every scenario. Right. But yes. um, I think that's where I, as a person, I take more of the positive side of things. You know, when I still reflect on that to this day and I think about when he passed away and uh, I guess a little more personal with it, I was there um, in a long story short, because it's going to be a little depressing in that kind of sense. But um, he, he basically went brain dead because of what happened to him, unfortunately. And they still had him on life support. And I saw him in the hospital when he was on life support and, uh, definitely seeing him in that state after growing up with him and like, you know, spending most of our lives together definitely, uh, was something that I don't know if I've still processed to this day, or if I just was something that I became clear to me in the moment, right off the bat that I didn't see it as, um, a negative thing kind of, kind of scenario. Right. Um, but it, it's, um, I guess the way that because I promote things and because now I started rambling, I forgot where I was going to end that off with. But um, <laughs> shit, because yeah, I do that all the time. Um, 
but it, it's yeah it's, it's exactly right <laughs> um, it, it's what helped me get to where i need to be right and, and that positive side that maybe that's the way that i cope with things right so there's that's again where that passion comes into because it's like if this is how i handle things i wonder how many other people handle it this way right and uh, or what they use for their coping mechanisms kind of thing but that psychology and, and the whole premise behind it and how the human brain works and how it functions and handles those kind of things and how it affects other parts in your life uh, is what really got me on that journey to learn more about it and how I can use it in my life to better my own, but also maybe have that chance again to help other people. Right. So it's uh, when you become passionate about it. Yeah. It's just, you feel like you can go on it for like hours. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, this, this podcast has a time limit of, I don't know what it is yet. I would probably give it two hours, but I'm not taking up two hours of anyone's time. Anywho, um, no, the the interesting (laughs) thing about that whole thing is the fact that like, uh, there's nothing inherently wrong with your way of being able to help other people cope with a hard situation because then people know, like, if I want to be able to laugh a situation off or just use comedy as a means of kind of, um, filling up more space in your head so you don't have to, you know, bog it all down with whatever happened, they can come to Mm -hmm. you for that. But, uh, as a person who also, uh, is like emotionally well, I feel like I'm emotionally intelligent, kind of. But if somebody came to me in a fit of tears, I wouldn't know how to help them because I'm like stupid because I want to try and <laughs> fix the problem. But I recognize that not everybody wants to have their problem immediately fixed. And there was an interesting mm-hmm. post that I saw that was just like, do you want to listen to them? Do you want to fix them? Do you want to distract them? Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's do they want to be distracted? Do they want to be helped? Do they want to be listened to? I would say you almost have, um, it, it, I think, very similar to how I process things when it comes to that kind of thing, too, is that where you see it in a logical sense. As, yeah. as much as it is an emotional standpoint from it, you see it as logically as here's the problem, here's how I can fix it, instead of sometimes where, yeah, like you said, right? Like, is it something that I can fix, or do I just need to listen to them, or do I help distract them kind of with it, right? So, yeah, there's actually pretty <laughs> three good tiers to how, let's say, most negative situations usually pan out, right? Yeah, how people want to, uh, what people want when they're in a time of distress, essentially. Yeah. So, and I can recognize that sometimes being the the logical, like, like a, I also have this problem where if, like, I try to give, if I try and help somebody with a problem, but I can't, I try and give them as many other options as possible to help at least remedy the situation or lessen the blow or something or other. There's like a yeah, bunch of suggestions. Uh, yeah, I yeah. apply that philosophy when I'm at work for a bunch of miscellaneous things that no one gives a shit about because it's about shipping, right? Um, but that also means that if somebody wants help with something and I only know how to help fix the problem and I don't know how to fix the problem, I kind of just feel useless. And then Mm. I just have to, I literally just sit there in silence and just kind of look at them and kind of like, look at like miscellaneous things around the room to just try and distract myself while I'm just letting them do their thing. And I'm like, well, this probably it is like maybe helping <laughs> <laughs> just being there. Yeah. Maybe I I've been in a few of those too. I it's, it puts you in a rock and a hard place. Right. But, um, you know, ultimately maybe at that time and place, like, um, you know, you might not have been the person that, you know, could truly help them in that way too. I think that sometimes, and I, you know, the reason why I think I've further understand why my method doesn't work because it's obvious, right? It doesn't work in all cases. <laughs> it's coming to accept the fact that it's not always going to work, right? And there's nothing you can change about that kind of thing too, right? Yeah. You can't see it as a failure. It's just more, again, we tried, it failed. You can always try again or try and do the next step to, you know, further assist them, right? And you, like, you're you're right, right? I think as a logical thinker is the first thing that we think of is, oh, well, like, you know, the, this is breaking. Let me fix it for you, right? Um, 
but sometimes you got to put the tools in in somebody else's hand for them to fix that too, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, so you didn't fail. You just weren't the right person. What's the What's the thing? Mm. It's like you could be the best peach in the tree, but if no one likes peaches, they're not going to come to you. Oh, exactly. Some, <laughs> some weird cliche. We're, I found that quote from like a weird ass, from like a voice acting practice duet <sighs> thing on TikTok that was like, do this and try and be an emotional support help person. And I was like, no one fucking wonder I can't voice act. I can't be sentimental for shit. Actually, uh, I've wanted, you know, it's funny that you've talked about that with the voice acting thing, which by the way, I do actually very enjoy your voice. I think you, you very much have that <laughs> podcast style, a radio voice. I think you should try and pursue it as much as you can, you know, don't give up for something like that. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I, I, I'm not actually giving up. I just have to find the right place to apply myself. Cause I think, cause the biggest yeah. part of being able to be a voice actor is like having the range to do a bunch of other stuff. So yeah. I think, I think I need to start by finding something more akin to what I, how I already talk and what I already do to get and myself into at. the rhythm them of how to read some like how to read something how to um you know like I, I like i do bits all the time where i am a different character but they're not like too far off from who i am it's mostly just how i something or other so if i can find something like that to get myself in the door i can do that and then i can just kind of go from there so uh, luckily yeah. i'm not doubting myself if that's what you thought i was doing <laughs> no no i mean like uh, you know commit to it right like give it a shot like uh, the worst thing like what are people gonna do judge you like fuck them like <laughs> you know yeah. like i i've talked about that a few times too because i um as much as i i'm so hypocritical by me saying this because i already talked about the fact that i hate the sound of my own voice but i've always <laughs> loved the idea of, of thinking of becoming a voice actor too and um uh, i think it's because uh well if you've actually seen a lot of cases i talk to myself a lot and i do that everywhere and anywhere um and it's just a, a habit that i think i do as i process throughout my day right and those little voices that occasionally like pull up with it like if you've ever heard me do like the 60 year old smoker uh voice if you've ever heard <laughs> me do that before um and it's um it's one of those ones that's just stuck with me. And uh, I think I got better and better at it because I kept doing it all the time. Uh, yeah. And I enjoy it. And ironically, I learned it from a lady at a Tim Hortons. I don't know if it was a lady. I should just say them. It's <laughs> probably the better way to do it. I don't know that person. I, for all I know, they could be transitioning, whatever it is, right? Please don't judge me. Um, but it sounded like a 65-year-old smoker straight out of New Jersey over the microphone. Can I get you water today, sweetheart? Like it was just that voice stuck in my brain and I've been <laughs> practicing ever since. And that's what did it to me, right? But uh, what I think once you find those voices too – uh, just pr yeah, like practice it, right? Practice it and 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 try it out and test it, right? Like uh, when I did cowboy, like when we did some of the the share spooky shit, right? Which I love. Which <clears throat> no, no spoiler, but somewhat spoiler. I'm coming back to doing some more cowboy related themes because I fucking <laughs> love cowboy aesthetic. Um, I would just dick around and do like the best southern accent I could think of doing, right? And and the result of it actually pulled out some really great content for shit and had people like laughing over it. Right. Which was like, I didn't even expect people to do it, but now I go back and rewatch it. and I laugh at myself. Right. So I think, you know, taking those uh, opportunities to jump on it, it's good, but I know voice acting in its sense, it's, it's a professional field to write incredibly competitive, but I think, you know, if you set your mind to it and you figure out what works for you, you can definitely get deeper into it for sure. Yeah. Speaking of taking there, an accent man. and practicing it, um, <laughs> taking an accent and practicing it, 60, 60 to 70% of my genealogy comes from, from North, like Northwest England or somewhere in that area. Right. And so I think that helps me 
do this. I think I have a more convincing British accent than a lot of people who do a British accent. One, because of that. Two, because I practice it by accident because when I whisper, I talk in a British accent. And if you want, <laughs> if you listen to the episode I did with Chikara, I talk in a British accent in my sleep. I don't oh. do a ton of sleep talking, but like if I'm in a dream where I need to talk to somebody, I might incidentally end up actually talking in my sleep. And I talk hmm. in a British accent and it is the most bizarre thing ever. And so... I think I could maybe get away with doing that. But Jump on top on of that, I also have like stream redeems for British slash Australian since they kind of intermingle. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't tell Weeb that. <laughs> I, well, my accent intermingles is what I should say. Weeb, don't come mm. for me, you piece of shit. No, I've got British slash Australian because my accent tends to mingle. I have Scottish, I have Southern, and I have pirate. And then mm. some sadistic bastards in my chat will do Scottish and no cursing. Um, meaning <laughs> oh, that no. I will probably lose $15 in a stream. Mm. <laughs> so oh, no. yeah, it, it's believable. It, it's, I, you know, it's possible, yeah. but yeah, you get that rage at some point though with it too. Right. But yeah, <laughs> no, no, like, like it's, it's a good start for it too. Right. I think um, people uniquely have a lot of their, um, I think it's, you got to find, what works with your voice too. I've, I've chatted with a few people that I know that do voice acting and nothing crazy. Like I don't know any super popular people, right? But people who've done like YouTube videos or they just did it for a friend and stuff like that, right? And I think it's um, like method acting and that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's a good way to do it. You want to like almost develop who, what character you want to project in that voice, right? Oh, and, yeah. Um, don't be you yeah. in, in X accent. Be a person with that accent yeah. like be you know, like person. even like do things in your normal life how you feel that person would do i know it sounds so weird and like goofy but like that creative um what is it oh damn what's the word for that uh process the creative like process uh, yeah. to it that that's like what helps you kind of like build that too right I, i've i again if you can tell when i become it was another thing that I really enjoyed looking into and researching and doing that kind of thing. When I really get hyper-focused on stuff, <laughs> I'm like, I'm in there deep, man. I'm 3 a.m. watching like old school 2006 YouTube videos with that same old music about like Xbox 360s they were planning in like this year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just the most random conspiracy series stuff just to get a tense of like information from it, right? But, yeah. But no, the, the principle of it makes sense because if you're a voice acting, you're effectively becoming a different character than yourself. Being a character other than yourself is what gives you the range. And so if you basically build a character that ties in with an accent that's different from yourself, that's how you get better at being that accent. And that's also how you get better at being able to be naturally in that accent. Because if you're recording for something, you say, all right, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be James from New South Wales or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah. But you know. That's whatever. Yeah. Um, man, I we're gonna just try and hard gun for these two. Let's see how these go. Um, why do you think there are a lot of people who focus really heavily on being in a bad mental state? <laughs> like this sounds like. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's good. Or like advocating um, for a bad mental state, I guess, because you mentioned it earlier. You know. Yeah. Well, the, it's, I guess it's good to kind of alliterate or alliterate. I don't know what the word I want to think elaborate. of, it, but uh, elaborate on it a little bit more. <laughs> um, yeah. See, this is where like these, like that kind of thing. This like these topics. Like, look, I gotta get the words out before I actually produce what I want to say. Um, <laughs> no, like, that's the side of it. Like, when we were talking about it, where the, um, you almost get into like the political side of it, right? Uh, yeah. Like, 
in my personal opinion, and again, uh, where this kind of stems from is where my own experiences are. So obviously for anybody who's listening or like yourself, right, uh, take it with a grain of salt. But from at least where I see that side of it come into is people who use it for their advantage for whether it be social media presence or, you know, like they want to almost feel like they want to impress people in their lives by having it. Um, or like something for it's, uh, I don't want to say it's victimization, but I guess that would be the word for it. Right. Where they, they use it to strewed, they make it their identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like playing the game of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's not the case for everybody. Right. But it's very often what I've seen and I've had experiences with people that I've personally known where they jump on that bandwagon in that kind of sense to get that symphony, like symphony, symphony. Wow. Sympathy (laughs) or that pity. You know what I mean? That that they want to get from people because that's where it brings them that self-satisfaction where it's like, oh, you pity me. So like, you know, that's what makes them happy. And it's a it's a toxic, very bad, like it's a toxic trait to have in that kind of thing. Instead of like, let's say, what are my actual issues that I'm having with this? And why am I doing this to get this, uh, you know, whether if it's tension or whatever it may be that you're doing for it, right? You know, if, again, if it's coping mechanism, wherever the standpoint is, instead of ultimately doing things in your life to potentially fix that problem or help yourself through it, right? Uh, and you'd be seen a lot. Like uh, uh, TikTok's a great example, right? Like I don't know if you've – occasionally I get stuff like that that comes up on my For You page where people get called out for it saying they have like things like Tourette's syndrome. I don't know if you ever saw that like phase of people that were like acting like they had Tourette's and it's an awful thing to think that like people see that as a way that, oh, more people will watch my videos because of this or it'll bring me more attention because of this because they – I don't know what it is in their minds and I don't want to say like sound insensitive by saying this but – um that's how you always know it's going to be insensitive when somebody says that. <laughs> but like, he's like, not to be, not to be a dickhead. However, not to be a dick, but right. But it's, um, it, it, it's, it's wrong in my eyes. Right. I don't think that that's an appropriate way to do it. And, um, it's something like where, where we draw our own, uh, lines for our, our moral values and stuff like that for people. And because of my experience that I've had that have, that I see do that is where, you know, for me, it's the kind of stuff that I like to, that I personally stay away from because those type of toxic traits can leave you down a very dark path. Right. Um, and I think that I don't know if it's maybe that's what it is because of the the world that we live in of, you know, some, the, that validation, that quick validation that people want from going viral or like because of the way that they identify themselves as, oh, I'm this person. I have this instead of saying, hi, my name is this person. Right. And then, you know, getting to know you as who you are and not what your conditions are. Right. Yeah. Or what you're what's affecting you in that kind of thing, because they're not personality traits in that kind of sense. Right. I can understand. And, and like I said, it, it's not a way of me attacking these kind of people for that kind of thing. Uh, it's for the people who use that to their advantage that ultimately you could say that I am attacking for the people that actually suffer with it. It's hurting them at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. And and you can see it very blatantly in a lot of people who do bring light to certain conditions or, or things that they have in their lives that they don't advocate it as like, look at me, this is my problem. This is why you want to watch me. They they're doing things that they enjoy and they want to spread the awareness of people who are actually affected by these issues and they don't glorify it. Right. Where I feel like that toxic side glorifies those things. Right. 
So that's for me that, yeah, that's where like things tend to get a little bit more trickier with me because I'll be honest, I have purged a lot of negativity out of my life. And that was one of those things that I purged. I had some of those people in my life that would use things like, uh, severe depression, um, and, uh, you know, very, uh, dramatic or drastic, uh, conditions to not only, uh, use it to their advantage, um, but ultimately isolate themselves, um, which was just the result of what they chose to do. Right. Yeah. But, uh, well, especially for me. And it's because of the fact that I have personally suffered through those relationships and how they used it to bring my own mental health down in that sense. Um, Oh God, I, I lost it again, dude. I keep doing this. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I had to separate myself from it because like I said, I wanted to be on the up and up. I wanted to bring the positive side of my life. I was going, we, we were just in different paths of our lives in that sense. We met at that crossroads and sure, maybe they were in my life for that period of time kind of thing. But ultimately, uh, I wanted to go in the direction to make myself better and make myself happy. And they wanted to run down that path that was just going to bring them down to that rock bottom. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm very, I won't, I wouldn't say I'm against it because I do still support people who go through those actual issues and do have those problems. And I am there for what I can do. Uh, but I can no longer put myself in a position where I feel like it's ultimately going to affect me because that's where, unfortunately you do have to cut those mentalities off right to, to better yourself you gotta surround yourself with people that are, are going kind of in that same path because if you don't it's very easy to stray off of it and, and back up in the same place you were right yeah exactly i've had exactly two people that i used to be friends with that i am no longer friends with and if my if my other friend happens to listen to this he's going to know exactly what i'm talking about uh we had one guy who uh when we met some new people and introduced him into the group this guy was just the not the most detestable person I've ever seen, but probably up there just in the way that he acts. He's just not a savory character, the way he was acting. Fair. It wasn't great. And so as a result, all these new people that we brought in immediately did not like him. That then spawned like a year-long pseudo-feud where these two groups, these this group of people and this one guy did not like each other because he was a dickhead to them. Um, and then eventually th- the climax of this point was when he started drama at the expense of a person who has a lot of trauma and has a lot of family issues and a lot of mental health issues that she's working mm-hmm. towards. But he started drama at her expense and then blamed it on us somehow. Mm-hmm. And um, and then that just kind of made everything explode. And then eventually all of us got into a call for whatever reason and he started making himself the victim. And saying, oh, well, it's because I grew up in an abusive household and my my parents have alcohol issues. And that was when he learned the harsh truth that a lot of us went through the same shit that he did. And we are not even a tenth of the bad person that he is. So from that <laughs> point, we were like, OK, now you're trying to make yourself the victim for a problem you started. And this has been like a seven year long thing that you've been doing. We've given you too many chances to fix yourself. You've proven you can't fix yourself. You're going down on this path by yourself. You've pissed off every single last person that was in a part of this group. You have no one to blame but yourself. And now he's gone. And now everybody's lives are infinitely better as a direct result. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Maybe on a smaller you know scale because I mean. it's one guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a good example though, right? Like yeah. some, and I think it's sometimes people have to, you have to do that kind of stuff, right? It, it's literally, it, it's not a nice thing to do. Don't get me wrong, right? But like in order for some people to see the reality of what their actions are, that they're going to have repercussions. And whether if you're the person that that happens to, 
be that one to give them the bad news or, you know, separate yourself in order for them to realize it. At the end of the day, you can see it as a win, right? Because maybe that will be the change to them that changed them. But like an example, like in your story, he used that side of him to make that his personality and then ultimately used it to create a toxic situation with that kind of thing, right? Which is why... Yeah, again, the same reason why I don't deal with those people. I fucking hate drama, man. I, I don't like that kind of shit. If I can sit in, you know, in my backyard with a nice cold beer in my hands, sun beating down on my face, dog having a good old time, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with living drug drama. Like <laughs> I keep, like I keep a lot of my personal circles very close to heart, and um, I, I I have had a lot of people in time, like I said, so coming to that actual social side, like when I was talking about, you know, how the internet has become more of my tribe in that kind of sense is that uh, growing up, I was incredibly social. I went to a lot of parties. I went and saw a lot of people, obviously drugs and alcohol. I don't condone, but you know what? Sometimes that's kind of the nature of that kind of stuff, right? The party <laughs> life is sure it has its ups and downs, but let me tell you the highs are high and the lows are very low. Uh, but <laughs> You meet a lot of interesting people along the way, but you also meet a lot of people that are going to be no benefit to you in your life. And it's not a matter of seeing them as a benefit or not. It's just a matter of seeing it as, is this the kind of person that I want to be around, right? And when you pull that toxic side into it, it's bad. So I tend, I I shrunk down a lot of my groups with that because I realized people that I really considered my friends, which was really more to me. It's very much the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed kind of scenario. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. Uh, like it, it really made me see the true side of who they were. And it really did shorten my group. And um, I found actually, and I think ironically enough, coming back to the age thing, uh, for how old I am, because really I'm not that old anyways, but I find <laughs> I relate a lot more to the the people that tend to be younger than me. And I'm not directly saying that because there's people that are way older than me that I also do get a hell of, you know, along with super well. Right. Um, but I think maybe it, because of my experiences that I've been able to relate to them in, in a better sense. And I've kept up with so much, more trends and things that are going on because it's things that I enjoy that that's where I think I relate to them more. Right. And it feels like there's almost a more real side to a lot of those people that I've met because of that. Right. Like Nick, who I consider to be my best friend, uh, you know, we, we stream a lot, like we work together. I met him like only like six or seven years ago where we worked together. And like, I honestly, him and I are like, clockwork like the two of us we have like we we laugh at the same shit uh you know we we play the same games together our dynamic is like there and um i've always loved that like we're, we're also very different people right but um you know that kind of thing i think that it, it, it was less of for that kind of thing for me to realize that it wasn't the quality like it wasn't the quantity of people that i wanted it was the quality of people i wanted Right. And, and also that we same those same shared those same ideals, that positivity in life, that wanting to go down that direction instead of being, you know, in that group of people that were always going to be like, oh, yeah, man, my depression's down. And I could be like, oh, yeah, man, I'm feeling really down today, too. You know, like oh, life sucks, this and that. Right. Like I wanted people to be there to also like be like, nah, man, like, you know what? Like, let's see what we can do to make your day better. Right. You want to play a game with me today or like, do you want to just go chill? Maybe you should go take a nap. You know, like that's what I wanted in that kind of sense. And I think when my mentality changed, instead of seeing as identifying myself as I have all these problems, right, even in my own sense, it was more of like, you know what, shit, you're right. I took that logical approach and said, 
why why am I thinking about it this way, right? Why why like you know I want to achieve this happiness, and, and by doing that and hanging up with those people, I was not achieving that, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, especially with the with the amount of people that I knew, it was like yeah, there was a lot of you fuckers that I do not <laughs> want to see again. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. no, it, it's it's interesting to come back into that aspect though too, right? Because I've met a lot of people through streaming, uh, but I think I've met a lot of genuine people in this part, right? Like I can even say like yourself, right? Like, you know, we, we haven't chatted a whole lot when it comes down to a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, we've had our occasional chats. You've seen me on stream. I've seen you on stream, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But it, it's easy to read genuine people. And I think that's something that I've also developed over time and, and I recognize. So it's like, I keep, I like talking to those people. I like keeping those people close. Man. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think, uh, I think within the next couple of years, that's when me and my general friends are also going to start going through that metamorphosis of recognizing like there are people who are in my groups who are not good for me. I think I've already kind of hit that point because really there's, there's like hangups I have with some things, but it's not like such a big deal. Like it's things that I'm willing to work out to try and help figure out. But yeah, ultimately we're going through that phase of trying to get all that stuff kind of slowly worked out. And then when I'm 30 and still doing this podcast, probably (laughs) we'll see how that goes for me. Um, Damn eight years. That's insane. Wow. Uh, (laughs) It's it's wild stuff. No, but it's good. Actually, you say that too. We're um, it's probably a good thing to mention with that, because obviously with a, a lot of the things that I've been saying, it's been very cut and dry to that kind of thing, but you are right. There are uh, some gray areas in that too, right? You, you don't get hung up on everything, right? Not everything is a toxic trait. Not everything is necessarily there. People could be working stuff out. And honestly, if, if you know that they're, they're doing that kind of stuff, right? Don't get hung up on those small things, right? You know, help them work through, you know, through those kind of things or talk it out, man. Communication is key. We're fucking humans. We're sitting here talking right now. Just We're communicate your shit, right? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's our life, right? It's like, what are you afraid to talk about, right? Like, you know, don't let people judge you. Don't feel judged, right? You are who you are. Accept it. Believe in it. Be confident, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, That's just a good way to go about it. I'm going to reel things back and kind of <laughs> just go for a lighthearted question to kind of end things off and start taking us back down. I mean, I mean, what are some of your go-to things for trying to get your spirits back up or just kind of de-stress after you've had a particularly stressful day or week at work? Because I know like a few months ago, I had a pretty stressful week at work because I was dealing with like three issues that could affect like the health of, of the accounts that we have. And I was having to take over for somebody else because they weren't there for a few days and I had to take over for some other people, whatever. And I had hair, I had like relatively long hair, like the, the longest part of my hair probably hit like the top of my spine, right where it would connect mm. with my neck. Um, oh, and then I had now. one, uh, <laughs> oh, not quite on the right track to that, but not quite. Um, but I had a really stressful week at work. And then I was like, you know what? I want to get a haircut. <laughs> and that was what I did. And then suddenly I came back next week and I was like, I'm chilling. Obviously that doesn't work for everybody, but that's just like, I'm just curious kind of what things are your go-tos for that. Yeah. Uh, you know what you, um, I, I think I have different stages for this, to be honest with you. Fair. Um, ironically enough, um, it's going to sound weird when I say this, but one of the general tools that I use for more daily thing is, uh, my own form of self meditation. Uh, now I don't mean like literally sitting cross-legged on the floor, you know, fingers in the air, like that level of meditation. Um, (laughs) but, uh, like things in, uh, that help me kind of de-stress and, uh, take a kind of a step back to, to look at the things that maybe happened to the day that were affecting me in that kind of way and, um, separate it from it. Right. Like, um, one of the things actually that 
uh, I've developed more and more over time, especially with a lot of like stress from working in a kitchen and a lot of other places like that is when I come home, my home is my sanctuary. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, with, uh, I have a partner, right. Patty and I have, you know, been together for nine years now. So like that's <laughs> quite a fucking long time. So uh, <laughs> we know each other pretty well to that kind of sense. Right. And like we, we communicate with certain things when it comes down to it. Um, I tend to be more the, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ego boost myself with this. I tend to be more of a rock, um, in, in, in our kind of relationship with that kind of thing. I've always kind of been more of a rock. So I, I don't let a lot of things affect me in a drastic enough way that it's going to put me to that level. And if I do, um, that that's where like coming home is the biggest thing because I know when I come home, the first thing that, you know, the first kind of steps that I can think of for the daily side is like, I kind of self meditate in my process, my thought process, you know, I've got a, my loving partner at home. I got a fucking big old chunky sausage roll of a dog waiting to be excited to see me when I get back. Right. You know, like I'm living good. I eat well every day. Like I, I take the, I, I think about all the little things in my life that maybe some people might take for granted, or I also even took for granted, you know, During years ago. Right. Yeah. But like now I see it as a plus, right? Like I could be in such a worse place and uh, I just kind of take that thought process and say, I'm thankful for what I have. Right. And for who I am and where, where I've become. And that that's usually the first process. Uh, you know, definitely if it's been a tougher day, video games, man. Um, uh, like I've been an avid gamer for years, uh, years and years, like, you know, fuck man. I have my PlayStation, my old PlayStation kicking around on my desk, dude. I have my old Nintendo SP right now with Legend oh, of Zelda. In. Hell yeah. Like I've had this bad boy for years. Let's and go. I've, I've used video games as uh, an escape in its own sense, but also again, in that form of self-meditation, I find because of the way my mind works is that I tend to be very creative and I like submersing myself in something that maybe separates me from my own life in that sense of escape, but also um, it, it, it's the clarity of, of get delving yourself and becoming part of somebody else's story really kind of takes me away from thinking about all the bad shit that happened and processing myself into something else. Right. And, yeah. and, and doing that. So video games has always been huge for that. I love story-based video games. And, um, I think like I enjoy movies, but I find I like video games better. And I think the reason why I'm so critical with a lot of games that I play, uh, for that kind of stuff, especially story-based games is because the more a company can really push me into that story, make me feel like I'm that character. You know, if something traumatic happens, I want to fucking sit there and cry at my desk and enjoy that <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? If something exciting happens, you know, the man bought his first house and I've been grinding the shit out of that game for it. It makes me feel happy to know that that happened. Right. Yeah. So delving into something like that really, um, helps me out with that. Ironically enough, um, streaming has been a huge portion of what has helped me through a lot of the issues that I went through with. And uh, I think that's, again, it's part of the reason why I become such an advocate for it. I want, when I think of coming home and streaming to everybody and knowing that people are there waiting to watch and chat with me, just 
brightens my day in that kind of sense. Cause knowing again, there's that self-satisfaction of thinking that like just me being there, being goofy, enjoying it. Even if I don't have a good day, man, like some days we just chill out. We just enjoy it. You know, we, we've, we just kind of let things like smooth out together. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, do a little art stream or do something chill. Right. You know, just have a good time to talk with people like, who probably did have a good day. Yeah. Ult- ultimately, uh, if I really have something that does deeply affect me, I, I do talk with my partner about it. You know, we we go through that process with it. Maybe we just, you know, fucking get a blanket or a snuggie, have a little fucking ice cream, get a little weird, watch a show together, whatever it is, <laughs> right? We just, uh, we, we process that together. And I just kind of, again, go through those other processes that help me deal with that kind of stuff, right? You know, I think... Um, it's all a matter of perspective, right? Life is always going to be a matter of perspective. And like I said, you know, where that balance comes in, where you understand that, you know what, if you had a shitty day or you're going to have a shitty day, that maybe by the end of the day, something good will come up that'll change your mind about it. And you do, you don't want to dig yourself in that hole. You want to know that like, so maybe you'll make your own ladder. Maybe somebody will pull a ladder down to the, right? Like it's, it's keeping that glass, I think almost half full, right? And seeing it always like that, no matter any situation you're in, that, that takes me out of that stress at the end of the day. And, um, yeah, if you want me to be on a joker side with it, um, now to clarify a little bit with it, I really do need to get, um, tested again for my ADHD stuff. Cause I'm just working <laughs> off the fact that I have ADHD from, um, when I was younger. Um, I forget things all the time. Uh, cool. <laughs> cool story with it is when you forget a lot of shit and you especially forget about the shit that stress you out you don't think about it man <laughs> and your attitude <laughs> yeah. changes pretty quick um but uh to kind of explain how that works for me uh part of the reason why i have that is uh when i was very young um i actually had um an accident we're not going to get too depressed about it because it's nothing depressing about it. It happened when I was like three or four years old. I barely remember it. But anyways, <laughs> I had a head injury that ultimately uh, affected my brain in a way that I have uh, what the doctors describe it as short-term memory loss, but it's not short-term memory loss. It's um, I forget certain key points in, in, in a day or I can lose track of time with certain things. Um, but often because I'm such a visual learner, I don't have an inner monologue. I don't think in numbers. I think in you know, places, people, visions of things like that, there's certain triggers that can bring those memories of those thoughts back to me, right? But because I often forget most of the stuff, unless if something really comes back up to make, remind me of it, I just forget, dude. <laughs> I just forget <laughs> and just relax it out, you know? So, Man, I, the insane <laughs> thing about that is like, on on one hand, it's like, yeah, it sucks that it happened. And I'm sure there's probably times where it's probably, you know, fucked up something. But it reminds oh, yeah. me of a <laughs> meme that I saw that just goes, man with amnesia forgets he has amnesia, remembers everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that that is so true in its own way. It, it's it, it works, you know. But again, that that's specific to me. Right. I think you will find what helps you get down to that. Right? Yeah. Do um, not rely on Spooky's uh, ability to just forget. Things <laughs> just forget things. You. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, you got to find what works for you and uh, hold on to that. And the the one thing that I can say with that is channel the, that negative energy or, you know, because I'm getting way too spiritual with that. But like channel those negative thoughts and everything else into not even something productive, but into something beautiful right? Don't, don't let it hold you, right? Let, you know, turn it into something that you can feel proud of, right? 
Yeah, that makes sense. That's you know what? That's the most spiritual and philosophical way to end things off. So that's where I'm going to cut it. That's um, not, not going to be a hard cut. That's just that's conversation done over. Um, I I I don't know what to say. I made it okay. My friend's been asking me when I was going to show up because we have a video recording. We're not time sensitive. It's just he's been asking me, and I've been letting him know what's going on. And I and I hmm. said. Uh, he said, are you still recording? He asked me this 10 minutes ago and he said, are you still recording? And I said, yes, I didn't think mental health was going to take this long as like a joke. Um, because we've been here for damn near two hours, but hopefully that gave yeah. plenty of information for people to chew on. So, um, I want to yeah. thank you for coming on here, uh, and for being ballsy enough to reach out and say, put me on your podcast, um, <laughs> in the most, in the most friendly way possible, because if I can yeah. think about it, there are exactly three other people who have done that. One of them is confirmed for a few weeks out and they, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you, I'm not gonna spoil shit. Um, <laughs> no, I'll probably listen to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I meant for the other people. My bad. Um, oh, one yeah, person reached enough. out and they're scheduled for a few weeks out. And one person just said, I'm a Disney nerd. And I said, okay, that sounds cool. I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about that. And then they never reached out to me. So, uh, so listen, if you ever want me to come back, there's plenty of topics we can chew on. Yeah. Honestly, the more time, the more we talk, the more I'm sure things are going to come up. Like I still have a ton of people on the back burner who I need to bring back eventually, but also this podcast isn't seasoned enough yet where I can just start bringing back old people yet. Cause I also yeah. have a ton of people on, not a ton. How many people do I have? One, two, three. Shit. I have three. Okay. I have three. I have three people on the, on the back burner for the future. Uh, and then I'll probably find some more along the way. Either way. No, this is, this is a, this is a hell of a good conversation. Um, it, it was very enlightening to see how, um, you and I are not that different. No, like, I don't, uh, I don't know be, why I thought we were, I mean, that's, you know, why we kind of click, I think. <laughs> that's um, probably why it works. Man. <laughs> good, you know what? What? Oh shit. What's the phrase for that too? Right. Well, great minds think alike. Right. But yeah. You know, law of attraction, man. You, yeah. you pull you pull it together. It just seems to happen. It just works. <laughs> yeah, it just works. So yeah, uh, it, it's it's been a very good time. Uh, hopefully, other people enjoyed it because I think it it only took a it only took a slightly sad turn a handful of times. So our, we did pretty good. Um, but I'm just gonna kind of turn the the tide to you so that you can just uh, feel free to self advertise yourself and whatever wherever people can find you. Oh yeah. Um, well, I'm sure if you weren't listening by now, you probably actually should have turned your volume on the podcast, but I am Spooky Shine. Uh, I stream on Twitch. Um, I usually am very consistent weekly. Uh, i working on my TikToks as well. I've got Twitter. You can all find it all. Spooky Shine at, at, at twitch.tv. Why do I feel like I struggled to put that out there? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I do a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I avidly promote in the Something Stupid Discord. Uh, that you can find on just about anybody's stream, including myself, if you ask for it. Uh, I don't have a lot going on here in the future, but um, you know, if you want to see some good vibes, some chill vibes, maybe a little weird, something sussy, come check it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a really quick side note to that, my um, you remember you remember Peter? Like not yes. not just because of what I was telling you about it, but because when he joined and you guys were talking about art for a little while, um, mm. he after one of the streams that I had done was over. Uh, me and him were in a Discord, and he was just like, "Damn, your streams are so much." Because like he thinks I'm kind of a weirdo, but like in a good way. And he's like, "Your streams are so much more innocent compared to everybody else's." And I was like, "Yeah, no, you're right." There's a lot of there's a lot of inappropriate jokes that are made over there, and it was only when he said that that I retroactively looked back and was like, "Damn, no fucking kidding." Um, yeah. Hey, it comes out of us sometimes. What can yeah, we it say? Just, yeah, it just happens. Um, and no filter, man. That's what does it. <laughs> yeah, no filter except for the new moderation thing that Twitch has, which is um, oh yeah, it's a little weird. It's not a bad change, I don't think. It's just weird. 
that's definitely something for another day. <laughs> yeah, we're not here to talk God. about Twitch right now. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to see Spooky, I mean, the links are all in the description. I've done half of the hard work for you. Um, additionally, because this is now the third something, the, the the third, how do I explain this? So he's like the third member of the Seven Deadly Sins, as I've unofficially dubbed them, and they have yet to take the name into heart. Uh, but like the fourth person who would be of like, no, I guess the fifth person who would be of like notable nature in that community. Um, regardless, because he's part of the seven daily sins, I'll also just put the links for everybody else that he like, you know, is usually yeah. also hanging around just coincidentally in the description. So you can go do that. <laughs> um, you might even find me in there if you're lucky and I'll be, what, what will I be doing? I'll be making jokes at the expense of other people, and um, in Spooky's stream, I'll be spending 100 of my channel points to play the trumpet sound. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> um, like a good time. <laughs> yeah, but no, so that's where you can find him and all of his compatriots um, and all of that. If you're wondering where I'm at for some reason, um, you can look up DJ Serial Sauce on anything. Me, uh, DJ underscore Serial underscore Sauce probably works. One word, it probably works. With spaces, it probably works. If you can't find me, I don't exist on there, except for if I do under a different name, but I... If I don't have DJ Serial Sauce as the name, I probably don't actively use that platform. <laughs> YouTube, Spotify, Twitch, Instagram, Apple Music. Um, I'm part of another. I'm part of my own team of people that I wouldn't really call a stream team, but we're like getting there called Nothing Is Anything. We've got a YouTube channel, and there's oh my god, there's gonna be so many links in the bottom of the description. <laughs> but um, it's yeah. okay, go follow him. Do it, you schmucks. Yeah. If you, could you imagine if I ended it right there? Could you imagine that'd be crazy? No, but uh, yeah, go go look at all the links in the description, and um, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, just yeah, just do it, you schmucks.